0: Mike Cohen.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Alex, co-host, Snicker, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. First and foremost, before we get into this very special episode of the muddied waters of freedom, um, we have to thank, no matter... It's been a while since I've done this live uh, like this, and so give me a second. Okay, before we get into that, first and foremost, no matter what channels you are watching this on, whether you are watch, watching this on YouTube, if you're watching this on Facebook, on Twitter, on Odyssey, wherever you are watching this, make sure that you like it, make sure that you share it. And if you are one of the people who listen to us, who listen to the episode on uh, one of your favorite podcasting streaming platforms, to you, I give a very special Bull of anaka. So, obviously things have been changing here at Muddy Waters. Uh, Spike has just been massively busy, so he hasn't had time. So, tonight I have a very special co-host, Mr. Alex Snicker. Hi! (laughs) For anybody who doesn't know who Alex is, um, shame on you. Uh, Alex is the co-host of Unattended Baggage with Adrian Wiley and Alex Snicker. You can find that on your favorite podcasting platforms. And if you want to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com. Whatever the rest of their thing is. Uh, He was the former vice chair of the Libertarian Party of Florida. He was the former executive director (laughs) of the Republican Liberty Council. Um, And he has been a staunch defender of liberty here in the state of Florida. And when I first started getting into the party here, he uh, was one of the many people who kind of guided me through what it was like to be a Libertarian in Florida, meaning It was torture, Um, but
2: (laughs) it was like dental work.
1: Yeah, it's like dental work. Uh, So he is going to be co-hosting with me tonight. He actually asked me to come on. He has some stuff he wants to talk about. I'm very excited about it. But before we get into that, as always, are you tired of waking up in the morning and hating your day so much that you're like, I don't even want coffee anymore. Coffee doesn't do it. I want something with less caffeine and tastes worse. Well, I've got great news for you. If you head on over to muddiedwatersoffreedom.com slash mud, you can get a starter pack of mud water, the coffee alternative with one seventh of caffeine and supposedly keeps you awake all day. It is made with basala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. And it tastes exactly like you think those ingredients together in water are going to taste. So add a lot of honey or as much honey as you want. Um, (laughs) So head on over to muddywaterfreedom.com slash mud and you can start your day off with a big steaming jug of mud water.
2: You know, I think the one thing I like about your show the most is the veracity in which you do your ads. I think that the 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 passion that you have <laughs> for the advertisers of your show is something that I, i'm i'm still amazed that i don't have any
0: <laughs>
1: uh, i um so every I, time I,
2: I listen to the show dude i swear to god i'm like do, do they like the product do they not <laughs> like the product i don't know which one it is
1: so i actually i use mudwater regularly like i've been since they became a sponsor i started using them and uh like they actually they work like, it works it will keep you awake i just love coffee so i will drink mud water on my way to work and then i drink coffee that i also made at home uh for the first half of the day and then mm-hmm. i drink like an energy drink i'll drink like a bang after that oh wow okay yeah. so like i'm caffeinated all day long except for when i have mud water
2: that's funny. Yeah. You know, normally, actually, what I've been drinking now is Celsius.
1: I like the Celsius.
2: You know, I like the Celsius, too. Danielle always gives me the warning, though, that I can't have more than one or I'm going to have a heart attack or something,
0: yeah. which I
2: don't understand that one, because I totally have more than one. I don't, but I will say this, though. Her comments get me to limit it to two.
1: That's fair. I, so, with Bang, because I drink a lot of Bangs, um, I had to limit myself on the Bang to one a day. Yeah. Um I had to limit myself to bang on one a day because it was, uh, I forgot to turn on, I forgot to turn on my focus. Um, but yeah, so I, I have to limit it to one a day or else it, like I end up getting wicked acid reflux mm-hmm. and it'll keep me up at night or uh, I like, it feels like my heart's coming out of my chest. So I will not drink bang more than
2: more two than, bangs. More than two bangs now.
1: Yeah. And,
2: and you know, here's the, you know, cause I, look, I work nights, so like I'm out all night long. Right. And... So looking for coffee at night, you got to you got to have somebody that has a good coffee game and Wawa. Wawa's got a good coffee game. It has a great coffee game going on. Yeah. Like their Colombian is good and they're they're they're, they're cuz I'm a big creamer person, so their creamer bar is oh, the I bet bomb. You are. Oh. <laughs> I love the creamer, man. It's a good time. Uh. So speaking
1: of loving the creamer, <laughs> Love that segue.
2: Yeah, I don't even need these. Anyway. Uh, yeah,
1: only for one other portion of the show, really. All right, cool. Yeah, All so right, you I'll don't need um, Yeah, so uh, speaking of the Creamer, the World Cup is coming up. This will make sense in a second. I okay. Uh, the World Cup is coming up, and I don't care. Uh, I don't give a shit. I don't like, like soccer. Uh,
2: <laughs> Loved FIFA the video game, though. Yes. Loved that was FIFA a great the video game. game. That was a great game. Was really good at it.
1: But yeah, so for the. I was not. I was terrible at I'm terrible at all video games. Oh, I was really good at FIFA. I wasn't allowed to play video games growing up. So, like, I was not. So, that, to.
2: like, as your kid, that kind of dexterity wasn't something? Yeah,
1: it, it wasn't something I got. So, I learned how to play Tony Hawk really, really well because I got made fun of once because I was terrible at it. Mm-hmm. So, I bought a PlayStation. I bought Tony Hawk just so I could go beat the crap out of somebody in Tony Hawk. And once I did that, I never played video games again.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Tony Hawk was a good game, though.
1: Um,. Yeah, no, Tony Hawk was a great game. That was that was the most fun game. But so for the eight people out there that like soccer in America, because, you know, anybody listening to us outside of there, I'm certain you love it. Or football, yeah. Um, the games are being held in the well-known bastion of human rights, Qatar or Qatar.
2: Oh, right? really? Yeah.
1: How are they? Do- <sighs> yeah. Um, I guess. So obviously – Cutter is famous for uh, their hatred of gay people, and they're not real fans, not no, big fans of not the big gays. Fans. And uh, even their head of their FIFA organization in Qatar uh, said homosexuality w- was a damage to the mind, and stating anybody who is going to be breaking their anti-gay laws in Qatar during the World Cup will be prosecuted to their laws, like you know, jailed
2: holy shit death um god the world is so tolerant you it's, know it's, just, it's it's the tolerance yeah. that happens globally that, it's
1: when people are like america's so intolerant and i'm like you're gonna go watch cutter the world cup in cutter where they're gonna be murdering people in the streets yeah
2: no no we're the most racist country but china is only chinese unless you're an uger muslim and then they got you in a concentration camp right. but we're the racist right? yeah
1: we're the terrible racist. jesus christ um <laughs> But the U.S., being the U.S., Mm -hmm. is taking a stand uh, against these policies in the most effective way possible uh, by changing their logo from the traditional red, white, and blue to the rainbow under the USA. I
2: I like that. (laughs) You know, I like that. I didn't realize that was a thing. Yeah, no, that's a thing. So, okay. I,
1: I have two. I'm like, okay, that's a good way to give like the middle finger. A little bit of a troll. A little bit of a troll, except they're only doing it at their practice fields.
2: Oh, pussies. Right? Oh, come on. <laughs> See, if you're going to do it, then do it, though. Like, don't fuck around.
1: That's how I feel about it. I'm like, this is the virtue
2: signal of all virtue signals.
1: We're going to change the logo, not on the jerseys, not on anything displaying inside the stadium, only at our practice field.
2: Uh, always disappointing if you're going to do it then go all then do it right the whole hog baby either the whole hog or shut up
1: right I don't care that they're doing it I I was like oh that's hilarious if they're actually going to do it yeah I'm actually kind of funny about it but they're not what they're actually doing is just inside the practice field and they're acting like it is this huge middle finger to Qatar cutter I don't know how to say their country's name um, to Qatar and their their belief system But instead, they're just, it's going to be in the practice field. Only people inside the practice field are going to see it. Anytime that we're going to be on television worldwide, they're going to
2: see the normal logo. Uh, If you're going to do it, do it. That's the thing. If you're going to do it, do it. And I honestly, I don't, considering, look, I didn't know the backstory of this. I heard something on somewhere. I don't remember what it was. But, because that's a cool looking logo, actually. That's not bad at all. That's not, not that's not bad. but So this is just the men's team, right?
1: Yeah, that's just the men's team. Oh, it's
2: the men's team. Okay. Yeah, because it,
1: it's only the Men's World Cup this year.
2: Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. I mean, I have no idea about
1: I, I don't. I think anyway. I think that they're on opposite. It's like winter or in summer Olympics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it,
2: it makes sense. It makes sense. Now, I, look, in one aspect, I'm kind of glad you did it as a political statement or whatever. But at the same time, you're only doing it on the practice field. It's like... It's like when you elect somebody to office and they do the least amount possible to garner a res- like a, a response. Right. That's what this is. It's the least amount that they can do. So they can go to the cutter people and say, well, we didn't do it here. But you can go back to America and say, but we're taking a big stand here. Right. Like it's all a Fugazi.
1: Exactly. It is the perfect definition of what that is. It yeah. is a massive, massive Fugazi.
2: Ah. Um, <laughs>
1: I have absolutely no segue for this next part, and this part's the one that I'm going to kind of shock you with. Recently, I found out about a program in um, about a program in uh, here in Pinellas County. It's called the Lock It
2: Up Program. Have you heard of this? Not until you sent me something on it.
1: Okay, so yes, the oh, you got the piece of paper. I got the piece here. of paper. So for anybody who's wondering about the Pinellas Lock It Up Program. This is a program where the Sheriff's Department here in Pinellas County, where I live, uh, will go and test out your doors while they are on your property. And if they are unlocked, they will open it up and leave this thing that is on your screen. They will leave this uh, flyer in your car.
2: Hold on, you just said something right there and I want to make sure I get a clarification. Yes. On your property? That
1: is where the person who got this?
2: This was in their driveway. In their driveway. car was in their driveway. The car was
1: in their driveway. In front, like, so he was parked in front, and his girlfriend's car was parked behind his. And they went up to his door?
0: Yes.
2: There's so many violations here. So many violations here. Okay, so let me just, let me say something else first, though. Should you lock your doors to prevent robberies and burglaries and things like that? Sure. I've seen I, his car.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, he shouldn't.
2: <laughs> you think it's such a bad car that if somebody were to go in it, they're probably going to leave it's, money That's there. why
1: he leaves it unlocked. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is just so Orwellian.
1: And so here's my thing. Like, they're just walking up to random cars, opening doors. If they see something illegal in that car... Like they aren't going to act like it's – like they aren't going to act like – They're going to totally act. do that. They are going to 100% do this. hmm They're absolutely going to do this. They're going to say, oh, wait, he has drugs in the car. We're going to say – And it was
2: plainly visible because of some program that we're running. Right. How many more people are they going to bust because of this?
1: So many more. Apparently, I just found this out today because I was talking about it before the show with some people. This has been a program for 10 years at least. Wow! Because one of my friends' moms found it in her car. She was in a Publix a grocery store yeah. parking lot of some of some flavor, and she had that in her car when she came out. Mm. But now they're doing it on pro- on people's personal property. Like they're walking up to your car in your driveway and doing this.
2: Like I have a look. I have a problem with it, no matter which way they're doing it. Either How, way, yeah. However, on the property that you live on. Is far more intrusive than if you're in a public parking lot. Yeah, a public parking lot is a public parking lot, and so that the they're not violating, I mean, they're still violating your rights, but they are they're doing less of it. They're not multi, They're not doing it in multitudes by doing it in like a public parking lot where you're going around just checking doors. Right. Even though still, still, like no, stop that. What are you doing? But it,
1: it feels like a Fourth Amendment violation.
2: It's right gotta out be. The jump. It's gotta be.
1: I can't, I can't understand how this hasn't been brought up before.
2: Well, somebody has to show... Um, Loss. you, you got to show... Well, you, you have to show... Damage or whatever. Something like that. I forget what the word... Standing. You got to have standing in court in order to do it. Uh, like, if, you, if they didn't do it to your car, you can't go to court and challenge it. Well, yeah. So, he was complaining about it. He goes, can I do anything about this? And I was like,
1: I would think so. Like, you would definitely need... Like, you can't, but you would need a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, but I would feel like this is a Fourth Amendment violation. You know and who he should look-
2: go to is Luke LaRoe.
1: Oh, Luke Leroux would do
2: it. Luke Leroux would totally do it. I bet you he would be totally in on this. Yes. So that's who we should talk. Contact would be Luke Leroux
1: And
2: and set up. Here's the thing. It's gonna look. It's gonna cost money. Luke Laro's not gonna do it for free. He's a capitalist. He's not a. You know, he's not gonna do it for. <laughs> but you set up a GoFundMe for something like that, and you know what I'm gonna tell you? You're gonna get some money for that. You're gonna get some
1: money.
2: Um I tell him to contact Luke LaRoe, though. Yeah, seriously.
1: I'll let, I'll let him know. Uh, I won't say who it was because he might actually be watching. Um, but yeah, if he is watching contact Luke laroe um, but yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure uh, how much he knew about that, but yeah, he gave me the paper. I was like, I need this. And he said, here, you can have it. I was like, thanks.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'll give it back. If you ever decide to do anything. Um, so yeah. Uh,
2: yeah, that's bullshit. It's, it's just, it's just bullshit. It's just, and again, look, you see these programs, like I, in Pasco, they have that a big ad, ad, ad push on, you know, making sure people lock their doors and lock their cars and things like that. Like you get a lot of that, but I don't know if they've gone that far in Pasco, even though I'm I'm surprised they haven't. Right. Like if, if Pinellas is doing it, the authoritarian psychopaths and Pasco are going to do it as well.
1: No, absolutely. And yes, should you keep your stuff safe? Yes, absolutely. You need to keep your stuff safe because it's your stuff and you don't, and people are shitty. Uh, they're going. But to- you have the freedom to keep it unlocked if you want to. Yeah, you you can. You absolutely can. I'm just saying you should keep your stuff safe. And for instance, not put all of your Bitcoin into a wallet somebody else is handling.
2: Yes, <laughs> this is a problem too. <laughs> uh,
1: Sand Bankman Freed, um, <laughs> he went from the crypto golden boy to a pariah in under 24 hours
0: yeah dude
1: lost more money than kanye in under two days yeah because kanye lost like 600 million he lost billions of dollars and before we get into like everything about that uh this one you are gonna have to have your headphones on all right well, let me get it on who would give this so let's one- say that you
3: have a hundred dollars And you want to figure out what you can do with it to help the world. Earning to Give is thinking about which causes, which charities save the most lives per dollar. This hundred dollars can go as far as it possibly can to help the world. The amount of good that you can do uh, for the future of the world is, is really large. And it's way more than you can do to actually make yourself happy with anything like that amount of money. And he is funding everything you can think of. Global warming. It's one of the biggest problems that we have to tackle together as a world. COVID-19 preparedness. We have to be ready for the next pandemic. Neglected tropical diseases. More than a billion people suffer from them. We have to eliminate these diseases. And of course, animal welfare. Animals deserve to live just like we do. It's also why I'm vegan. Try to think about what are the most important problems facing the world today and what can you do to help make those as much better as possible. In the next few decades, Sam may become a trillionaire. He is an example that age is just a number and that making money is not a bad thing as long as you use that money to help
2: the world. All right, we're done, man. Amazing. Okay, I've never seen any clips of that dude until just now, (laughs) so my first reaction is that if I were to know, like I I didn't have any crypto in his exchange, and if I would have saw the video, I would have pulled my money out immediately,
0: immediately, because he's a
2: fucking tool.
1: That dude, he was, that was the CEO of a, what, $40 $40 billion company. Yeah. He got up in front of people. He was up there with Bill Clinton. He was up there with multiple, like, he was up at the, uh, uh, the Global Economic Forum. Uh, he was up on stage with these people, dressed how he's dressed in that video, talking how he talks in that video, and people threw money at him.
2: Sucker born every minute.
1: Man, I mean, that's a lot of suckers. Uh, that is a lot of suckers to be born every minute. So, Sam, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried, or SBF, as they were calling him before he had his fall from grace, secretly moved $10 billion out of FTX to their trading partner for an unknown reason, and $1 to $2 billion of that money is missing.
2: Oh, oh what a now, jerk.
1: A fun fact about that trading partner, it's run by his girlfriend.
2: Yeah, I've heard about this part. This yeah. is the part I have heard about.
1: It's run by his girlfriend. So, he took the money, put it into Almedia, the trading company, and then Almedia would then buy back tokens from FTX. And they were doing this in order to keep the stock price going up.
2: Yeah, to keep the Ponzi scheme going. To keep the
1: Ponzi scheme going. Um, what he did, definitely do, before he pulled $10 billion out, was pump the Democratic coffers with $40 million. <laughs> Of course he did. Which he which he did to uh to promote get out the vote campaigns and ballot harvesting mechanisms for the midterms. Oh. And then immediately after the midterms, ten billion dollars gets transferred out, two billion of it's mint one to two billion of its missing, and everybody lost their money.
2: Wow. <laughs> okay, so this is the meme thing. All right, hold. We'll get in. Let's yeah. get into this stuff first, and then we'll do the meme thing later.
1: Oh, all right. So he was calling for more. He was somebody who was out there. He was uh, supporting uh, Kristen Cinema, who we all know. Her dad was one of the lawyers for the Nexium sex cult. Um, that's true.
2: Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's a. Really, always, always new things I learn on Muddy Waters yeah. and Freedom.
1: Yeah, her dad was the lawyer for the Nexium sex cult.
2: Um, I mean, I'd like to see Kristen Cinema. And I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, I like, I like her. She's hot though.
1: Um, but, so she wanted more regulation for the crypto current, for the crypto industry. Mm-hmm. He gave so much money to her campaign, which doesn't make sense for somebody in crypto.
0: hmm
1: $40 million went to democratic candidates. Many of them want to regulate crypto, but they all took money from crypto. Not only did they take it from crypto, they took it from a guy who robbed a bunch of people. Is he a Trojan horse that's going to, that was like, oh, we need to get uh, more regulation in this?
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, look, it it smells like a duck and it quacks like a duck, man. It might be a duck. It might be a duck. It probably
1: is a duck. Um, Yeah, it is a brutal, it's a brutal scenario. And now he is, um, now he is, uh, I think he's, arrested in the Bahamas? Like, I don't know where he is.
2: Oh, and I don't think anybody knows where he is right now. At least tri- my last report, the last thing I heard was that nobody can find him.
1: Okay, so yeah. So I heard that he was trying to go to a non-extraditing country, but then I heard he was apprehended in the in the Bahamas or Bermuda or wherever. Okay. Um, but they were keeping him in a secure location.
2: Mm. Well, because they're not going to, bu- at the end of the day, they're not going to bust the guy. I mean, he just funded the, the dim stuff. And so he's not, they're not going to bust him on that
1: $40 million. Dollars. Oh my God.
2: Yeah, they said the only one that gave more money than him was like Soros. With Soros. You know. Which again, they were you know, they spent the money well. They, <laughs> yeah.
1: They they <laughs> They spent the money well. They spent the money so well. Um but the meme thing, what were what 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 about the meme thing?
2: Okay, so there was a meme that they put out that the Libertarian Party National's account put out. Yeah. That had basically like um like Democrats and this guy and uh, Ukraine in like one meme and they were considering the meme to be anti-Semitic because the picture of the freed guy, Sam Bankman, Fried. Sam Bankman freed looked similar to a anti-Semitic uh, drawing that was done a long time ago. That was a picture of like a Jewish guy that was like, you know, like a greedy Jewish guy or something like that. <sighs> Again, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about this later on, right. but like, I didn't, when I saw them, because they were like, oh, this anti Semitic meme is so bad and this and this. And I I go and look and I'm like, I, I didn't get it. Like, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't get what the problem is. Then they put one picture next to the other one and I'm like, eh, that's just a little bit of a coincidence. Like, I wouldn't, I,
4: I, I mean, he would
1: have been the, like, I'm assuming it's the one where the guy's like posing like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was a
2: very unflattering picture of the freed guy. But, but, but an look, unflattering he, he, picture is an anti-Semitic. I mean, if the guy's Jewish, then he's Jewish. I mean, what are you going to do? But, and,
1: and to be fair, he doesn't present himself in a flattering way ever.
2: Fuck no, he but, doesn't, man. Look at that fucking cat. You got that kind of money, man. How about throwing a fucking suit on? Like, he just throw a suit on. Look, I hate these people that will go on to big, huge stages wearing, like, shit clothes. Yeah. And then, like, it's just... Look, don't get me wrong. Look, I have a uniform that I wear right now. I have a black shirt on. Not only do I own one black shirt, I own seven black shirts. Like, I own seven of exactly the same fucking black shirt. I have the same pants. I have five pairs of the same fucking pants. I I wear that kind of shit all the time. But if I'm going on a stage somewhere, I'm putting a fucking suit on.
1: And if not a suit, I'm at least doing a button-down shirt. and Something.
2: Yeah, Yeah, something. Yeah,
1: I own uh, eight eight of these eight of these shirts
2: yeah, you're a v-neck guy i am a v-neck guy you know uh, you pull it though you pull it well I dude i'm giving that. you credit you're you know, pulling the it well. years
1: of swimming gave me that just
2: enough of a chest to, just enough just enough yeah no yeah. i have to do i gotta do this collar right here yeah it's the, collar the I crew neck do.
1: yeah it feels like i
2: did shave for the show though i did shave oh, yeah
1: me too last week um
2: <laughs> so <coughs> since
1: he gave him 40 million dollars 40 million dollars to the democrats uh, we're, let, I'm going to give you a chance to actually talk about the elections since you're not on your show you're not going to be interrupted uh, by Adrian talking about how nobody cares I'm bored out of my mind
2: <laughs> this fucking guy <laughs> this, I swear to god though, it, so he this, does it all the time he, he
1: does it all the time so for anybody who doesn't know Adrian Wiley is his co-host on Unattended Baggage uh, they have been friends for since well,
2: 29 since 2009
1: 2009 um, I was like since 29 that's no, no, no.
2: Since two thousand nine, <laughs> I'm sorry, two, yeah. I said it wrong.
1: Yeah, since two thousand nine, um, they've been friends forever. They've had their own radio show together. When Alex ran for Senate in two thousand ten, I mm-hmm. believe Adrian was on your campaign. Yeah, uh, when Adrian ran for governor in fourteen, mm-hmm. yeah, had the math difficult uh, in fourteen. Uh, Alex was on his campaign, and Adrian Wiley got the most amount of votes for a Libertarian candidate in. Florida ever.
2: Oh, yeah, 250. He got a quarter mil. Quarter got a mil. quarter mil. I only got like 30,000, but he got a quarter mil, though. Right. He did really, really, We he did really, really well, which is the high, high watermark, which that's the one thing, that, the first thing, um, <laughs> look, I'm happy when anybody, when these guys run for office, I really am at the end of the day, but at the same time, I really was hoping that whoever ran for governor or Senate here in Florida would have a good showing, and that did not happen, not even remotely. If you're going to decide to get in these races that are statewide races, you got to get in early for one, and you got to go out there and do the work. And I don't think that that was done, and I don't think you want to have a person on the ballot for the sake of having somebody on the ballot. Look, there were positive ramifications that happened after 2014, and that after this election cycle, I think we're going to have a lot more work to do as a political organization in order to exert influence in the state legislature because of this bad showing. Like, I think it's going to hurt things. It's not going to help things. Right. So I mean, don't get me wrong with that being said, all of that's irrelevant to the overall point that I was, that I would, that I'm going to make at the end here, but overall it was a pretty bad night overall for libertarians around the country in some aspects, I mean, in some aspects it actually was good, but in some aspects it was bad.
1: Yeah, so there was Chase Oliver in Georgia, fantastic campaign, and he pulled in what, 2.1? 1.8 to 2.1%. I, I, yeah, it, I, was a
2: low, it was below five. It was below it five. It was below five.
1: It was below five, but he was a difference maker. He did make the difference, like he beat the spread. Yes.
2: Yeah, he, he, beat the, did, he, he made it go to runoff. He
1: made it go to runoff. Which
2: right? Shane, Shane Hazel did not do.
1: Right, which Shane Hazel did not do. Um, and Shane Hazel, fan wonderful human being. I love Shane Hazel. I've hung out with him once. Great
2: order. Great,
1: great speaker. His, his uh, podcast, fantastic. When he ran for Senate uh, in 20, uh, he caused a runoff. Mm-hmm. He caused a runoff. The fact that he wasn't able to gain the ground in governor, I don't think speaks to him. I think that speaks to the election that was happening there.
2: Yes. Well, and the other thing is this. So, like, one of the things that happened for the governor's race in Georgia was, is that they let Shane Hazel on the stage for the debate. Yes. Now, when it was covered in the media, I, I, I actually remember missing, I was, I was listening to the overnights. Like, I, I listened to, uh, like, NPR has a uh, update that they do every hour. That's like a five-minute thing. And Fox News has an update thing that they do every hour. That's like a five minute thing. And so I was listening that night that they did the debate. In the first, like in, in one of the NPR podcasts that I listened to, they would play. They would say Kimp was in the race. They would play his clip. They said Stacey Abrams is in the race. They play his clip. Clip. They would her clip. They would acknowledge the Libertarian. Wouldn't play any clip for him. An hour later, no mention of the libertarian.
0: Yeah,
2: like so he like and again I from from seeing clips of Shane Hazel in that debate, he said some awesome stuff he that there's crazy. no way they could have let that on the air yeah. because people would have started going, "Well, who's this Shane Hazel guy?"
1: Yeah, he did. So he did fantastic in the like he did fantastic in the debate, and it was it was. It was one of the most fun debates I have watched because you get to see a libertarian in a debate. You don't get to see
2: that. When Especially she, somebody that knows what they're doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When Chase Oliver was in the debate with uh, Raphael Warnock, um, uh, the uh, the other guy.
2: Herschel Walker. Thank you.
1: Herschel Walker. Because it's Warnock and Walker. Mm-hmm. I'm like always like, I get tripped up on it. Yeah. Uh, Herschel, when Herschel Walker didn't show and Warnock was trying to debate Walker who wasn't there and Chase just kept hammering him and he's why are you debating an empty podium? You, I am right here. Why can't you answer my questions? And he was hitting him so hard. Chase did a fantastic job in that debate.
2: Yeah, he sounds like a good candidate too, though, he, overall. he
1: is. A, he's, a, he's a good speaker. Uh, he's a good speaker. He's driven. He does not take crap. And he will just, he pushes through. Um, but before we get into like the libertarian stuff, mm-hmm. uh, let's talk about the election and how it turned out. Because it was kind of, before the election happened, everybody was saying this was going to be a red wave.
2: Mm-hmm. That's and true.
1: As of right now, the Republicans still haven't technically won the House.
2: That's right. They think they are now, though. Right. They 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 they're they're kind of calling it, but they haven't really called it. Right. But they're kind of they're calling kinda it. kind
1: of calling it, but not really because it could it could still switch. Because I think Lauren Bobert, who should have won hers by nine, because I think yes. she's in a plus plus seven plus eight district. Um she should have won hers by 9. She uh ended up she is currently waiting to find out if she won and she has less than a half a percentage point lead with 99% in. God
0: damn. Um I me mean,
2: we wrong. She's totally hot but she's totally crazy. She's crazy. Crazy she as crazy. a shit house rat, man.
1: She is insanely crazy.
0: Um
1: but according to Politico, uh they said that roughly three in four voters described the condition of the U.S. economy as either poor or not so good. Yeah. And 73% said that they were dissatisfied or angry about the way things are going in the country today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How do you have three quarters of the country dissatisfied with how things are going in the country today or that the economy is poor and go in and not vote for a third party or not vote against the party in power? <sighs>
2: Okay, so why did the Republicans lose is basically the right. question. Yeah, it's basically is, is, the
4: question.
2: All right, so from an outsider's perspective looking in, I think that the reason why is, look, you got a bunch of people that ran on election denial stuff. Like the, the 2020 election was rigged, and that they weren't letting that stuff go. And because of that, I think that they weren't able to get people to vote for those people. And I think that Trump played a big factor in why they lost. It's the same reason they lost in Georgia for the runoffs because Excellent. Trump acted like a fool. Yes. And it was the same reason that they lost a lot of the seats here, except for... Look, because here's the thing. If you look at just the state of Florida, there was totally a red wave. Totally See, a red wave. You could also look at New York. Yeah, Even though that guy didn't win...
1: The, but a lot of this, the house... But the house
2: seats the went, house went, seats that, went way.
1: that way. And a lot of the locals, and especially the school boards in New York, went that
2: way. Yeah. So, But if you look at those two states that the Republicans did well. Again, whether you like them or don't like them is irrelevant to the, the, the I'm giving just a prognostication of it. Right. So if you look at, they did well in Florida. They did phenomenally well in Florida. Look, they took school board seats in Miami-Dade County, which if you're not familiar with Florida, if there is a blue area of Florida, it's Miami-Dade County. And Miami-Dade County went Republican. DeSantis, in the last, in the last time that he ran for office, it was a very, very slim margin 30, against 000. the guy that turned out being like a crackhead. You know, And now yeah. against Charlie Crist, the guy that was governor before as a Republican that supposedly knows what he's doing.
1: And a current congressman.
2: Yeah, and a current congressman. Got smoked. I mean, got smoked bad by DeSantis. So you got to give. Look, in all reality, though, I don't give DeSantis the credit for what happened in Florida. I actually give credit to Blazing Goglia. Which mo- anybody listening to the show is not going to know who the fuck I'm talking about, but Blaze was the actual person that was running the Republican Party a couple years back when they switched their um, uh, when they switched their strategy to increase voter registration in order to get Republicans elected, like the strategy that they used, which we'll talk about today on the show, right. was that even though they had a large number of people that were registered Republicans. They were laser focused on switching people over to Republican. Even in deep red counties, they were still like, when, and again, I would, I, I have been in rec meetings and in those rec meetings, I was listening to what they were saying and they were, I, I was in blazes rec for Pete's sake. Yeah. And what they were talking about was how do we increase registered voters? How do we increase registered voters? How do we increase registered voters? That's constantly because there is one truth in politics more than any other truth in politics is that people vote their party. That's what they do, man. I, it, look, and you can hate that, you can think it's stupid, you can think it's being a bunch of sheep or whatever you want to think, but it's still the truth. It's human nature. If they're registered in that party, they're probably going to go out and vote for the people within that party. It's just the way it is. Blaze note, knew that? Blaze put it together in a way in which they were they were they were the future success of the party here in Florida was attributable to the actions he took while he was the chairman. And as a matter of fact, I actually sent him a message and actually, again, I'm not a Republican, you know, anymore. Um, <laughs> I, I did register Republican for a while, so I don't want to say that I didn't. Right. I mean, I'll, I'll own that scarlet letter for the rest of my life. Um, I'm, I'm a registered libertarian now. I will never go back to, the, to any other party but the LP it, unless it's the Pirate Party. That's the only other party. That's but right. if if I'm going to the Pirate Party, that means that I've actually given up altogether.
1: Yeah, I won't go back to the LP. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just won't. Actually, I think I'm registered LP right now. I don't even know who I'm registered for anymore. Yeah. Um, I, I left a while ago during the goat drinking guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Continued. I got
1: you. Now it makes sense. Yeah, and then I, I came back. Uh, I came back later uh, just to make sure that the numbers here in Florida would get us to where we needed to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so one of the things that I have noticed – One of the things I've noticed uh, since 2000, since the year 2000, George W. Bush Mm al-Gore, the only election that hasn't had people saying there's obviously voter fraud or intimidation or, uh, you know, insert whatever you want there. I think I wrote something else down. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, okay. Um, But that was the... Since two thousand, the only election that hasn't had anything like that is twenty twelve in two thousand four, people were like, "Okay, more people showed up to vote than ever, so obviously John Kerry is going to win and then George Bush won so people were saying this has to be voter fraud in some way mm-hmm. in two thousand and eight when McCain lost to obama uh when McCain lost to Obama, you had people out there saying areas of Pennsylvania voted hundred and seven percent in districts for for uh Barack Obama so that means that they had people voting that weren't in the district or that, you know, were dead or whatever. Uh, and so they were calling for, you know, investigation there. 2012, I don't really remember anything. Mitt Romney, for as much as I hate that guy, he just said, nope, I concede. I lost. Mm-hmm. I wish him luck. And that was it. It was over. 2016, we all remember Russian interference, Russian collusion, Russian whatever. Uh, 2020, you've got uh, the Republicans out there saying that there was voter, voter fraud. Uh, they're voter fraud. You've got the 2,000 mules by Dinesh D'Souza. This year, you're already seeing Republicans saying, obviously, there was something going on in Maricopa County. Uh, there should have been a red wave. I can't believe there wasn't a red wave. How long until people no longer trust elections and fight?
2: Hmm. Well, I think that they don't really trust them now. So I think I think right now, they don't really trust them right now. Now, here's the thing. Look. Remember when Lucas ran here locally he ran for Congress?
0: Yeah. yeah you remember I'm, I'm, that? Yeah.
2: I know. I mean, sore subject. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> um, so when Lucas ran, we really thought Lucas was going to do a lot better than he did. Yeah. And he ended up doing bad. We went back and looked at the, and did the, the, whatever you call it. Um, shit. What's the name for it? We went back and looked at the votes. We went to the supervisor of elections said, we want to look at, we want to audit a precinct. We audited a precinct. We audited a couple precincts. We got to pick the precincts and we went in and we audited the precincts. And what we found out was the numbers that they were telling us was pretty much exact to the numbers that they were doing. Right. Like it wasn't voter fraud. Like we thought, well, maybe they were colluding to screw us over. They weren't doing that to screw us over. So
1: that was, was that the special or was that the other one?
2: I don't remember which one it was one of them though
1: yeah, cause the so the special like that was when Alex sank and uh David I think it Jolly, was the
2: special I think it was the special yeah
1: Alex Sink and David Jolly and the Democrats and the Republicans pumped so much money into that special, mm-hmm. even though there was going to be another election in November yeah, and um I, I the Democrats spent so many millions it was i I believe at the time it was the most expensive congressional campaign
2: ever yes
1: okay yeah and then, like I'm certain it's been blown out of the water by now, but um but yeah, everybody thought, okay, because it was so close because I think David Jolly beat Alex Sink by like two percentage points, that was why we were thinking maybe they messed with this yes,
0: yeah,
2: well, and look, and we didn't trust the system then, and i don't and i and I don't blame people for not trusting the system, by the way, so let me just say this here's the other thing what we have going on right now is. A it, once covid hit there's some things that changed in elections one of them being in some states they are just mass mailing out ballots yes mass on mass mailing out ballots now that is rife for fraud just rife for it and it's but it's fraud on both sides and because both sides are claiming fraud when you, if they mass mail out ballots let's say they mail it to a house that you don't that you don't know right like you just they mail it out to a house some guy gets it Nobody knows he has it. He's the only one that knows that he's got this ballot. And let's say he's either a Republican or a Democrat, either one. It won't matter either way. They're going to look at that ballot and go, well, the other side's cheating. So I'm going to go ahead and mark this one and I'm going to send it in. Because they're going to justify their actions as an individual. As
1: negating somebody else As
2: things. negating, like they're justifying it, right. right? The second thing you have is ballot ha- ballot harvesting, which actually, I will say, we were actually trying to go to the Florida legislature um, before 2020 to tell them to not allow for ballot harvesting, ballot harvesting is not good. ballot harvesting is bad. I will agree. ballot harvesting is rife for fraud. It is rife for it. There's no getting around that that should not be how you do elections, should not be to have one person to be able to go around and collect ballot and collect ballots for people. No. like just the thing is this, like they're mail in ballots. Part of that word is mail. And it doesn't mean man. It means fucking turn it into the fucking post office. Right.
1: It doesn't mean that the Pepe that swings by is like, hey, I'm here to collect all of the ballots. Yeah. And I'm going to go turn them in for you.
2: No. He, like, he shouldn't be allowed to do that. Look, I want everybody to be able to vote. Like, I really do. I want everybody to be able to vote. But here's the thing. You got to make it at least, you have to actually go and vote. Like, if you're going to mail it or turn it in or go early or whatever. Look, there's so many opportunities to go and vote that these people that are acting like, well, somehow the votes are being suppressed. Dude, you find me a motherfucker that couldn't go and vote. Like, really, seriously, find me somebody that couldn't go and vote. I, I'll wait. It ain't going to happen. Everybody can go and vote if they want to go and vote. This Now, I will say this, though. The people that were watching the ballot or watching the, the drop boxes, I think it was in Arizona, yeah, that were doing it armed, masked and armed. That was a little creepy, by the way. Yep. I did not like that per se, because you looked like a fucking terrorist when you were doing it. Like, here's the thing: if you're going to do that, then then show your face. No, absolutely. Yeah, you think COVID's over, guys? COVID's over. No need to cover your fucking you face down. To,
1: you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Yeah, no mask needed. You have to wear a mask. Um, you guys <laughs> hated the masks when you had to wear. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I I did not agree with that. Like, if you want to watch the if you want to watch the the ballots, I don't care. Go ahead. But the fact that you were doing it in that sense, like I feel you were trying to intimidate even yes if you weren't even if in your whichever way you were trying to make it okay in your head, if you were not trying to intimidate, you were trying to intimidate
0: mm-hmm.
1: um i i but i see both like I see both sides of why people think this election was fraud because oh, absolutely inflation being where where it is, gas prices being where they are mm-hmm. food is so expensive um uh, I could so many different things just flooded my mind at once and I had a just quick shutdown he did the best he had the best showing of a midterm Joe Biden had the best showing of a midterm election since George Bush in 2002 yeah when everybody was on the heels of nine eleven patriotism like there was a ton of unity right now we are not oh. unified not even close.
2: Well, no, but that's be- here's the thing though, but if if you look at the overall numbers though, Republicans did way better than they were than re- Republicans actually in the general ballot got 5% more than the Democrats did. It was just specific races. Now, the strategy that the Dems used, now there was a strategy that the Dems used, and the strategy was they ran ads in favor of pro MAGA, whatever you want to call it, candidates in primaries. So those guys would win primary elections to be easier to beat. To be easier to beat in the general, which I did not agree with. I think it's an immoral act to do. I also I, didn't think it was going to work. And I did, yeah, and <laughs> I didn't think it was going to work. But it totally worked. It, it, it worked. It was totally a thing that worked. And you know what? I mean, again, I think it's, I think it's cynical. I think that they weren't serious when they said that there was this threat to democracy that they were talking no, about because
1: they put them in
2: because they're the ones that were. But they did it so they could win those primaries. Yes, and I think that that strategy ended up working for them. Again, whether I agree with the strategy or not, I would never do something like that. But it worked. You can't say it didn't work because it did work. I mean, they, they were able to do something that you never can do during the midterms. And the other part about this is you have to lay the blame, a lot of the blame, on one person in particular, and that's Donald Trump. Yes. You have to put some of the blame on this fucking guy. I've never met anybody that is so fucking arrogant And thin skinned at the same fucking time. It is amazing how thin skinned and arrogant he is. That, and, and again, he doesn't really care about anybody else, anybody else but himself. And he doesn't care about the Republican party. Again, I don't care about the Republican party, but I'm not a registered Republican. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have a fiduciary responsibility to the Republican party. You know what I mean? Like this guy did everything he could to either, either his guys win. Who don't give a fuck about anything else other than him losing the 2020 election, right. which he fucking lost. Like, let's just get through it right now. He lost that election. They can't prove one fucking thing that they, they can't prove the fraud in court. Whether it exists or not is irrelevant. Is it? Whether or not you can prove it. And you can't prove it. So move the fuck on. Like, you lost. Sometimes you lose these fucking things. But you being a big fucking baby and thin skinned like a motherfucker would cause you to like, like, to be so like, well, fuck it. If I can't win, nobody can win. And I'm just going to throw it all away and grab my shit and go home. Like he's a baby. Like he's a little child. He is. But by,
1: by the time this show ends, he may have announced his presidency. Probably. Because I think it's at nine tonight that he's going to be doing that. <sighs> um, but since like even in since then, he has gone after DeSantis, who's the new rising star in the political, in the, in the GOP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's gone after Mm Yunkin in Virginia, uh, who's another rising star. He's gone after Winsome Sears, uh, the lieutenant governor of Virginia, because Mm -hmm. she said, I think Trump's the reason that we lost this election, and he went after her so hard. The black female former, uh, I think she was an Air Force pilot, uh, that's the lieutenant governor of Virginia. He goes after her. Um, He's been going after all of the Republicans that are the rising stars of the Republican Party trying to take him down, and I think... Right now, very early prediction that whoever the Democrats pick in 24 is going to win because I think that Trump will lose the primary and run third party.
2: Oh, oh, that's a bold prediction. I, you know, what it's a
1: very early one. I could be, I I could be a hundred percent. I haven't
2: even thought of it that way, but I mean, now that you say that, eh, it's possible. I mean, I, I. Mark the tape. Mark the
1: tape. It's <laughs> it, a good I mean, one. If it, like, it, it, it has a lot of callbacks to uh, Teddy Roosevelt, William Taft, uh, Woodrow Wilson. Mm-hmm. And Teddy, Ro- or Teddy Roosevelt was mad that William Taft was getting the spotlight. So he was like, okay, I'm going to run again. And Taft was like, well, you're going to have to primary me. He challenged uh, – Roosevelt challenged the, the uh, results of the primary. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, he was de- when it was decided that he lost, he ran third party, which gave us Woodrow Wilson, which gave us – world war ii um because without woodrow wilson we wouldn't have had world war ii mm-hmm. um so i'm seeing a very similar thing happening here in 2022 uh where
2: this could just be repeating itself yeah no that's a good point you're a good student of history man i like that you always bring up things at a good point you know yeah. what i mean <laughs> like you, you kind of roll it around and bring it all together in a way that i i always like that right uh but like I, I Not to get on your not to get on your dick during the show, but I'm just yeah, saying, sure. you know, if I get to sit over here, you know <laughs> Um
1: To any, no, I don't think Trump's gonna run as libertarian to the people that were saying that in the comments, I do not think that he's gonna start his own Freedom Party, whatever didn't he start the Reform Party or something? No, no,
2: Ross Perot started the Reform Party, okay. but I think there was a certain point where he was in the Reform Party though.
1: Okay, because think- him
2: like Jesse J uh, Jesse uh Venture Jesse Ventura was in the reform party. I mean, the reform party sucks for all all intents and purposes, but they never did what they needed to do. Right. And everybody used it as a vehicle, which you're going to get into this tonight too, right. but everybody used it as a vehicle but in all in selfish ways. And it, it never was able to gain any traction because they didn't actually grow, uh, they didn't believe in anything but you know, like reform, but what was even the reform that they were going to do? So, right. You know.
1: Um. So, we'll use that as the kicking off point to the next one. So, The Reform Party, obviously, Ross Perot was a fantastic human being and one of the greatest political minds of our generation. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I love Ross Perot. I love Ross Perot. Can I finish?
2: Can I finish, Larry? Larry, can I finish? Can I finish? 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 You get that giant sucking sound.
4: (laughs) You're going to hear a giant sucking sound coming out of Mexico.
2: Oh, God, I loved it. That was the first, I will say, Ross Perot was the first politician that I did an impression of. Really? As a kid, yeah. yeah that was the first one.
1: Yeah, I did him, and then I did George Bush immediately after
2: that. Yeah, not going to die. Wouldn't be prudent this Basically, shirt.
1: if Dana Carvey did it, I learned how to do the work.
2: Yes, yes, Dana right. Carvey,
1: yes, it was, yep, Dana Carvey. Um, so, he started the Reform Party, and other politicians started using it as jumping off points. How does that correlate to where we are today in the Libertarian Party? Okay, so... I can't believe I pulled that together at the end. You moment. did. Yeah. You did a good job. That was a
2: great I shouldn't even, I shouldn't say it was a great segment because it ruins the great greatness of the segment, but it was a great segment.
1: I had to, I had to pat myself on the back for that
2: one. All right. So, the last time I was on this show and we talked about the Mises caucus, yeah. I was very I wasn't I did I wasn't anti-Mises. I like those guys. I said, you know, let them let them take over and let's see what's going to happen. So, We've now seen this, and now we have some data that we can look at here. But I wanted to make a couple things clear first. The Mises Caucus is a partisan caucus within the Libertarian Party. The Libertarian Party is a partisan organization that is a political party. The Mises Caucus said themselves, and this is their own thing, they want to take over the Libertarian Party. Yes. They have succeeded in doing that. Their chairs installed, their people are in leadership positions. They run the roost right now with that victory comes a fiduciary responsibility to the party. Now, is it something that I, like can i can I point to something that would have it written down somewhere? uh kinda of, but not really. It's not really the same thing because caucuses are a little bit different in that aspect. However, if you're a caucus within a political party. You're supposed to be supporting that political party. That's the way it is. Now, supporting a candidate, Mark Victor, to drop out two weeks or a week before the election to endorse Blake Masters goes against every bit of that fiduciary responsibility. It just goes against it. Now... Could you think that it was a like could you think it was a good idea? Like based off of principle? Like maybe the libertarian was horrible candidate, and maybe the Republican was like a really good Liberty candidate. I mean, I wouldn't agree with that, because I still think you're a partisan organization and that you shouldn't do that. But I at least would be able to point to a principle that goes along with that. There is no such principle you can point to for why this happened. None. Not even a little bit. Blake Masters was a bad candidate as far as liberty goes. Victor. Again, if this is what your move was going to be, you should have never run as a libertarian. This does nothing to, to advance the cause of liberty. What it did do, and this is the point I want to make on this, what it did do was it gave a very limited number of people a seat or a, a, a supposed seat at the big boys table to be able to influence Blake Masters to do the right thing if he wins. Which there was no... He, he, he didn't win. He got killed. He got, he got beat. I mean, he didn't get beat. He didn't get killed. Hold on. He didn't get killed. He, he, he lost. But he lost. Yeah. And these guys threw the party, threw the Libertarian party under the bus in order to gain access to that person. And to, again, have that seat at the big boys' table. Now, the um, Mises Caucus has kind of said, in many ways, that they're when challenged on this one, they're like, "Well, we're here for liberty; we're not here for a party." Along those lines, again, I'm paraphrasing. I'm sure people can point to things that they've said that hasn't been this way. But the thing about it is, they they have said in some ways exactly what they're going to do, and that they view the LP as a vehicle. But the part that they didn't really talk about was their willingness to throw that vehicle under the bus at the worst possible moment. And what they did and what they've exposed themselves now as is that what they did with Blake Masters shows that I cannot trust any candidate that they endorse. I can't trust not a one of them. And where it really is going to come into play is going to be in 2024 for president is that I know that they had inklings of like Dave Smith running for president in 2024. There is no way, shape, manner, or form that that guy should run for president as a libertarian, nor should any libertarian vote for him. And the reason why is simple. When the push comes to shove, he views the Republicans better than he views the Democrats, and he will get out of the race and endorse whoever the Republican nominee is in order to gain influence. Because he doesn't care about the Libertarian Party. He cares about his own personal influence that he is able to generate. And he will throw this party under the bus in order to do that. And I think, at least my opinion on the matter, is that that is a bridge not only way too far, but that you are shirking your responsibility when you do something like this. This is, this is so much over a line that it is beyond belief. Again, look, I'm... Look, I've said what I was going to say about this when it comes to like online and stuff like that. Because I don't know if you saw this, there was one of the uh, Libertarian Party discussion group pages. I went on a fucking rant. Like, here is the thing: I wish I would. I, I need to not do uh, talk to text. I need to not do this, right? Because I realize now how many times I use the word fuck, <laughs> and I use the word fuck a lot. If I type something out, I don't use the word fuck nearly as much. But I wrote this thing out, and and I and I I I said it. And then I posted it, and then I look back, and I'm like, man, I did use the word fuck a lot on there, didn't I? Yeah, I kind of did. But I meant it, though. And these motherfuckers, like, I think that we've now had two years of the Mises guys being in charge.
1: Is it two? I thought it was only one. Well, I guess
2: it is only one. No, you're right. Hold on, I take it back. They, we've had a year of them being in charge, but we've had an election cycle of them being in charge, too. Right. And what I have seen now shows me, one, they actually... These guys acted like they were the political operatives coming in here. Like they knew what they were doing, that they could play the 4D chess and they could do all this other shit. This election has showed me they have no fucking idea what they're doing. None. They don't know. They're they're politically uh, retarded. <laughs> For lack of a better term, they're just, they're not good. Look, this it, it whole Blake was, Masters. It was
1: fun being on YouTube for a little while. Oh, was it? Oh, is it
2: that? Does that get, does that yeah, mess it that, up?
1: That, that one kick, kicks us off YouTube. Does it really? So, I'm sorry. It's okay. It's, I,
2: you it's, gotta it's, tell, you gotta warn me about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. So I don't know if we have enough people there watching that they're gonna catch it immediately, but that one will be get pulled later. I don't okay. Know.
2: All right. Well, I'll make sure, I'll try to be, I'll try to be more careful. Politically, this Blake Masters thing showed me right now they, they, they don't know what they're doing because there was no tactical advantage for Mark Victor to get out of the race. His name was still going to be on the ballot. There was no getting his name off of the ballot. You had to make this move earlier in order for that to, for that to be effective. For, for that so work. you couldn't do it that way. Any political operative worth their salt would have told you that this was wor- a worthless endeavor, but they didn't care. And they didn't care because they got to talk to Blake Masters. Did he give you the cell phone number, guys? Is that what it is? You got his cell phone number, and he said he could talk to you whenever. You got played. You got played like a bunch of little bitches. Do it, is bitches getting bitches? Kids are, off?
0: Yeah, bitches.
2: bitches getting kids? Okay, so you got played like a bunch of little bitches because you don't know what you're doing. And that's the part that pisses me off the most. And look, I can understand you being mad at the, at the prior administration in the LP. Like they have not, they did not do their job in order to grow the party. I totally get you on that. The reason you won was because of that. But the problem is, is that since you've been in there, you've done nothing to, you've done nothing to bring everybody together. You've done nothing to grow the party, really. It, so with
1: them, okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, I used to sell real estate. And uh, there is a thing about swimming pools and real estate because people will have pools in their backyard and they'll be like, okay, uh, I've got a pool in my backyard that has to add value and it doesn't. It adds zero value to your house having a pool in the backyard because of how much work it takes. Uh, you're going to have people that really want it and they'd be willing to pay a little bit more, but you have people who won't want to pay as much because it has the pool. That is, the Mises Caucus is the pool in the backyard. I think that they are drawing a lot of people to the party, but I think they're running off the equal amount of people. That's true. Yeah.
2: Well, and you need, the thing is this, look, they always talk about like left-leaning libertarian or right-leaning libertarian. In some aspects, I do understand the point that they're making with that. However, you need them all in order to do it. You need all of them. And if you are being so antagonizing towards one grouping of people, then you're not the right people to be in charge. Look, I, I get, here's the thing. You've pissed me off. And I got to tell you I was actually not like I wasn't opposed to you guys. No. I wasn't opposed mm-hmm. at all. Like I I I I wasn't even remotely like I wanted to see what you would do and I understood your problem with the um with the prior administrations. And I understood that you you need a message that's going to cater Look, the Libertarian Party should be the big tent party. It totally should be the big tent party. But that means that anybody that doesn't believe in being a big 10 party can't really be in leadership because what they're going to do is, look, one side's like, well, we're going to, all the people that are Republicans, we're getting rid of them, right? Well, all the people that are Democrats, we're going to get rid of them. Instead of saying, like, do we, where do we all agree on and then move on from there? One of the biggest issues, by the way, that I think that the Mises caucus guys are, are, are where they really have a problem with other libertarians is, is immigration. I think immigration is a big one. That they want, like they're they want the wall. They want you know they don't want they, they don't want what they would what people would consider to be open borders.
1: Yeah. So okay, I'm gonna have to defend some of the Mises on this one because please I know, do. Yeah, because I know I know a lot of Mises people. I'm friends with a good amount of Mises people, uh, especially here in Florida, and some of them are. Yeah, we need the wall. I don't agree with the wall. Like I'm more open borders. I think that we should allow free passage if you want to install something where you sign a book and you have to get tested for diseases and like we can they run a back, background check background check. Yeah. Totally fine. Totally fine with that. Um, I don't think that we should have the free moving. I think it should be more like an Ellis Island situation. Yes. I don't think, I'm we totally need, in agreement with you on that. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we need the wall. Uh, but I know a lot of Mises people who feel the same way that we do, that it should be an Ellis Island situation. But I think that what most of them do, what most of them think with the wall, And I could be wrong, and I'm guessing because I've kind of gone through multiple phases of uh, immigration in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, okay, we need to, personally, I thought, uh, you know, I went from, we need to have border security just standing there, making sure nobody crosses over except in these places, so that way we know who's coming in who's going out. um, And that border patrol should be there until we get rid of the social safety nets that are causing taxpayer dollars, costing taxpayer dollars. So that way people aren't coming over and just immediately jumping on different types of welfare and things like that. Okay. Um, I've changed since then and now more Ellis Island, but we still need to get rid of the social safety nets that people are using. to.
2: Yeah, yeah. You got to get rid of it. In some aspects, you got to get rid of the welfare state. I, and again, I, when it comes to immigration, and the reason I brought that one of that issue up is that that's one of those things where if you are pro-open borders or whatever they would call open borders – that, that considers you to be this left libertarian where they can demonize you right. for this. Right. Or if you're too much in, like if you're too much with LGBT rights or, or you think racism is a problem or systemic racism is a problem or something like there were some certain issues where I, I noticed that these guys would kind of harp on a little bit in order to point out the negative in the people that used to be in charge of the LP, which, you know, again, that's all changed now. They, they, Look, they bought the car, they own the car, they're driving the car, it's your responsibility to keep it full of gas and to grow it. Right. Yeah,
1: and I will never ever 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 defend anybody that used to be in power in the Libertarian Party. Uh, because because Nick Sarwak was um terrible.
2: Nick Sarwalk was the impetus for why these guys did what they did. Exactly. Like he's and he's got to take a little ownership of that.
1: He absolutely does. If he wasn't trying to push people out as hard as he was, they wouldn't have reacted stronger in the opposite direction. Yes. And before that, you had Wes Benedict and Wes Benedict during the special election that Lucas was in Mm -hmm. came down here to St. Petersburg where Lucas was running and did a radio interview and said, libertarians don't run to win elections. They run to spread ideas in the middle of the campaign.
2: Oh, yeah. No. And we gave Wes hell for that one. Now, I will say this Hold on to Wes's credit later on. Wes realized the error of his ways because we gave him a lot of shit for that. And after that time frame, I actually worked with Wes because like during the 16 election, yeah, during the 16 election, I helped with uh, ballot access around the country for libertarians where I actually worked for the, the, the national party and went to states that they needed to get signatures for and collected signatures for. And then I ended up working at the national headquarters for a little while to um, get the mailings out. Because they were, <laughs> okay, look, they were weeks behind on mailings, right? They were so far backlogged on mailings, it wasn't even funny. So they sent me and Danielle to the national headquarters to get, like, to get it started. So me and Danielle went downstairs and they kind of showed, they showed us, like, what was going on in the, um, in the bottom part. Like Danielle, you know,
1: for anybody who doesn't know, Danielle is his wife.
2: Yes. Yeah. One of them. <laughs> one of them. Um, so what they did was they sent me and Danielle to, down to, 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 wherever wherever in Virginia the, the national headquarters is at. Alexandria, right? Alexa- I think it was Alexandria. So we went down to the basement and they showed us like the layout of how they're doing it, right? And as soon as they walk out, me and Danielle look at each other like, well, we're totally going to change this up, right? Yeah, well, we're going to change this up. So we went downstairs, completely revamped their entire that's, fucking system, right? It's
1: weird that you and Danielle would do
2: that. <laughs> I know, amazing, right? Amazing we would go in there, tell you you're all fucked up and then fix it, right? And then we went down there, fixed it all, And the thing is, this we got them from weeks behind to caught up because they had three teams of people that were boxing stuff up. We would get two hundred and fifty packages done a day, and the rest of the teams would get like one fifty a day done. So they had two teams against us, not against us, but that's the way we kind of put it out. But well, yeah, I mean, it's life is a competition. That's right, that's right, that's right. So we had all these, like, they and they were paying us big money for this too, by the way. Like, we were getting paid like 25 an hour or some shit. But we were worth every fucking penny. Because in the beginning, we're like, oh, look, if you want us to come back, we can come back. And they're like, oh, I don't think we're going to need you to fly back up to do this. That would be too much of a cost of money. Literally two days after we left, they call us up and say, hey, can you come back up here? So, you know, can you come back up for a couple more weeks? So we went back up there for a couple more weeks. And, and basically handled the shipping for the National Party and was really, I mean, we did a really good job of it. I actually wanted them to <coughs> excuse me, I wanted them to um, I actually wanted to take it over and like have it come down to Florida so I could just run it like in right, a warehouse right down here and do it. But it ended up not working out that way and I wouldn't do it now with these guys but it, it didn't work out that way and um, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out that way but it, it's, it's again, it's not a problem but
1: what was the point we were making on this one, though? Fuck. So, uh, well, so yes, uh, West Benedict.
2: Oh, that, the West Benedict right,
1: stuff. Yeah, West Benedict. That was my introduction to West Benedict. So, like, because I had just come down to Florida six months before that, mm-hmm. and uh, I joined the Libertarian Party when I came down here, because uh, in Tennessee I was, uh, I believe I was no party, and when I was living in Tennessee, um, or independent or whatever, um, and then I moved down here, I joined the Libertarian Party. And immediately started working campaigns when I met you. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: When I met you out door knocking. Um, and uh, so I was like, okay, this guy sucks. And then Sarwar came in. And he took over his chair and I was like, well, at least he probably won't do anything like this. And then everything he did was to try to push people out of the party. He wouldn't support candidates that he didn't like.
0: Mm-hmm. He
1: actively went out and didn't talk. Except for, like, didn't he support Augustus at one point?
2: Who's that? It's our work. I, I can't say he did. I, can't, okay. I don't remember that. I, I can't say he did. I know there were people down here that were nicer to uh, Augustus because they wanted to be mean to, like, they, they were doing it to oppose us. They were willing to support that guy right. because they thought that the competition to him was somebody that we had handpicked to run against him. Which, in all reality, we didn't do. That dude just decided to run. It wasn't, had nothing to do with Adrian. I
1: was trying to remember that guy's name earlier today, and I can't remember. Paul Stanton?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Stanton. Yep, that was Paul Stanton. Paul
1: Stanton. Yeah, I remember Paul. He, he was... always
2: wore shirts that didn't fit. Yes, he did. It, it pissed me off. It really did. Like, I know it seems like a weird thing, but like he just wore shirts that didn't say fit like, and I was so angry. Say
1: what you will about Augustus Invictus. His shirts fit. Um... He wore
2: three-piece suits, man. I got to <laughs> tell you, I have a softness for three-piece <laughs> suits. Almost like black men in sweaters. Yeah. I have it it's like a kryptonite thing. It is, I get it. I yeah. happened to that with a down in Saint or down in Clearwater. It was a guy was a Scientologist. Yeah. But he was standing up like we were at the at the um uh at the Starbucks that was right near where all the Scientologists are at. Right.
4: Well I and, mean that's Clearwater. So yeah,
2: yeah. We had Clearwater. <laughs> so I was standing out front. And this dude come up, it was a black guy in a sweater vest, and he started talking to me, and I just started talking back to him. And I was smoking a cigarette outside at the time, and Danielle and Adrian come up to me, and they go, do you know who that is? I'm like, no, who is it? He's a, seems like a nice enough guy. You know, black guy sweater vest. (laughs) How bad can it be? And they were like, oh, no, no, he's Scientologist Scientologist. He, and, and I guess he was trying to get me to go to this place, and I just wouldn't do oh, it because I was out smoking a cigarette.
1: To get your Thetans read?
2: Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> um,
1: Yeah, every time that we were door knocking up in that area, like Scientologists would see me and start talking to me. I'd be like, no, just... No. No. <laughs> no. Look, I'm in the Libertarian Party. I understand cults. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can keep moving. Yeah, so, like, with a lot of the stuff that you're saying with me, like, I... I left, like, I'm not, I mean, I might be registered LPF, but I'm not a member of the Libertarian Party. And I haven't been, I was in 2020, but uh, that was actually a NAP violation because somebody else signed me up and paid for my membership. And then I just got it in the mail. Um, (laughs) But, like, I was a member of the Libertarian Party then. I let it lapse. I I was not a member of the LPF at the time. I think that I'm registered LPF, but I don't, I'm not like a member of the LPF. I don't do anything with them yeah um and what people have always said one of the long-running jokes about libertarianism is uh you become a libertarian six months later you're an anarchist for many people it's not six months it's a little bit longer uh and the reason that is is because many of them are coming from democrat parties or republican parties uh just because libertarians didn't raise kids like until recently for for the most part yeah um So Libertarians didn't really raise kids, so nobody was growing up Libertarian. So they were coming from one of the other two parties and they come to the Libertarian party and still true to this day, has not changed. When somebody is in the Libertarian party and they're sitting there and they're sitting at a national convention or their state convention and people are arguing and bickering and you see death threats happening, which is weird for a group of people that believe in the NAP. They go, obviously this is not the right party for me. Because if these people were in power, how could they be any different than the people that are in power right now? And they are like, nobody should be in power. Absolutely, nobody should be in power. I'm now an anarchist, and I'm out of this stupid party, just like I was out of the other stupid parties. The Libertarian Party turns people to anarchy.
2: I don't disagree with that at all. Matter of fact, I think that you're right. Look, the problem in the LP is multifold one, there still is an actual discussion going on right now as to the purpose of a political party. And that is one of the things, if there's one thing that pisses me off the most, it's this right now. Because, and again, it was from the founding. It's almost like the fatal flaw of the people that started this. Because David Nolan was one of the original founders of the party. Right. And he is highly uh, revered by many, many people. I am not in that mix of people (laughs) That 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 revere him. I do not. I've met him. I met him in 20, in two thousand and nine, or I met him in twenty ten. He he didn't understand the purpose of a political party, and I believe that if you want to talk about you know fraud, he formed the party under fraudulent circumstances. Yes, because a party is a political organization that is there for two purposes and two purposes alone: one, increase the number of registered voters within the party; two. Get their candidates elected that's it, yeah, that's it. now you can say, well we we want to promote the message, we want to influence things you're I have no problem with that, and I think it's very needed, but that's not the primary purpose of a political party and and honestly, the one point I wanted to the, 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 the point I really wanted to make is that look all this talk about the Mises caucus and like them taking over and doing all this other stuff look. They may have taken over the party, but the party is just as irrelevant as it was before. It's not any different. And the reason why is, look, and I've talked to some of these guys till I'm blue in the face. They don't hear me and they don't want to hear me. But until we organize from the bottom up at the precinct level, you're always going to get results like we got in this last election cycle. And the reason why is, and we talked about this before, people vote party. Again, I go back to that when I was going to the recs. The Republican Party here in Florida, there was a certain amount of time that I was a registered Republican going to rec meetings, listening to what they had to say. Now, part of it was just because, I mean, I was just a registered Republican at the time, and so I went to the rec meetings. But the other one was to see how the fuck they do it. And I watched how the fuck they do it. And you know what? I got to tell you. So you James O'Keefe to the Republican Party. Kind of, yeah. yeah. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> because it didn't change my views on it. Matter of fact, it only solidified my views on it. Um, but at the time, again, there were some things that made a lot of sense. The Augustus thing. And I was like, "I'm. let me go try another, another strategy because this strategy obviously wasn't working. Like when, they, when you had some of these people in the LPF here in Florida literally support the Nazi, you know, against me and Adrian and Danielle... Like, and me and you, and, me. and yeah and you, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, didn't. I wrote the article. <laughs> yeah, you did, didn't you? I'm sorry. <laughs> so when, when he went at, when they went after us on this one, like I was really kind of hurt. I was like, I was raw I was feeling a certain way about it. And so, but I'm, I'm actually really glad I went to the Republican rec meetings because the thing is this principle wise, like what that party believes in, of course, there's nothing you can take from it. Like, nothing, nothing at all. Organizing a political party, though, definitely something you can take from that. And the one thing you can take from that is what Blaze did in Florida. Because when Blaze took over Florida in the Republican Party, Just, the Dems were number one. Okay. Real,
1: real quick Blaze is not the Blaze that Glenn Beck owns. Uh, Blaze is actually a person.
2: Uh, he's a state senator now. Yeah. <laughs> Blaze and Goglia, he's a state senator.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just so everybody knows that he's not talking <laughs> about the Glenn Beck. Uh, programming app yeah 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 they, i'm whatever. sorry you're right i i, I, I appreciate yeah, the no, clarification yeah, no problem. <laughs> i know who you're talking about many people here don't Yeah, you no, know, <laughs> i
2: got you i got you i got you so if you look at the way that they, like they were the minority party in florida like they were second to democrats in florida and it wasn't even in like maybe six years yeah 2018 in
1: 28 so in 2018 just so everybody knows the republican party was 300,000 ish Uh, you know, give or take 25,000 registered voters under the Democrats. Today, I believe they are 400,000 up.
2: Yeah, something like that.
1: Something like that.
2: So you have to look at what is successful and mimic that. You know, take a best practice and move it within your own organization. And the way that they did that was they were able to register voters within their party. We can do the same thing. The thing about it is this: Have you ever had a libertarian knock on your door and ask you to register as a libertarian? Right. Like, have you ever even seen that? So, what I'm going to start doing in January. Look, a bunch of years back, we wrote a book called The Neighborhood Project. Yes, and the, the the book that we wrote, The Neighborhood Project, was how to basically you know gain political power within your within your own precinct. It was it was it was a book written specifically for the end user where you live not with any party in mind. It was actually written in a nonpartisan way. It was not written partisan. However, it's very easily converted to partisan. So what I'm going to do, and look, we've been busy, we've been doing other things, life's gotten in the way. So I didn't, I wasn't able to sit there and prove concept, which I I will say is a failing on my part. I totally take ownership of that failing and I'm going to fix that failing now. So my goal is I'm going to go into the precinct I live in now, which I have not lived in very long. So I, I will have no tactical advantage of being there. None of these people are gonna know who the fuck I am. Like it ain't gonna be like, oh, it's Alex Snickers. So let me go ahead and fucking sign up libertarian. It ain't gonna happen.
1: I've gone out and knocked doors with you in many precincts that weren't yours and our candidates did not do
0: well.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So what I am gonna do though is I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna and I'm gonna systematically and I'm gonna I'm gonna take video and kind of do step by step process and show people how to do it. But my goal is to get my precinct to twenty percent registered libertarian. And I actually think that I can do it. Right now, there's like 6,300 people in my precinct. I have to have like a 1,000 and something in order to get to the 20%. Um, and I'm going to do it systematic. I'm actually going to go to Libertarians first, let them know what I'm doing, see who's going to be getting, get on board with it. Then I'm going to go to the rest. And I, I'm looking at it as funnels. So the first funnel is going to be that I can just get their email address to send them a monthly newsletter. The second one is to get them to register Libertarian. And if they register Libertarian, then I'm going to do something different with those people. But the reason that I'm getting them to a monthly newsletter part first is, is that if you read the book, The Neighborhood Project, the way in which you get into to to gain people's trust is by sending them the vast majority of I would call it benign political information. And what I mean by that is like wins the vote. Who's the contact represent, you know, who's your contact info for your representatives? When's the next county commission meeting? When's the next city council meeting? When does the state legislature meet? Clinical analysis of legislation, you know, just kind of like stuff that they're doing, but not giving your opinion, just letting them know what's going on. Then you mix in policy stuff from reason, from the Cato Institute, from good, solid think tank organizations. That you, what you cannot do is put in conspiracy theory bullshit. You have to put in good, solid information from good, reliable sources in order for you to be able to earn the trust of these people.
1: You just told libertarians not to do conspiracy theories. Yeah, I know. It's going to be hard.
2: It's hard. I know. I know. Look, I know it's hard. I know it's not easy to do. <coughs> but, look, Cato, reason... Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. I can't think of the other ones off the top of my head. But there's a bunch of organizations out there that put good policy information out on various bills in order to prove the libertarian case for many of the many of the answers here. But what you need to do in your own precinct? Because there's a couple uh, there's a couple th- uh, you know what what does success look like? So what success will look like is a either 20% registered libertarians. Oh, yeah, either 20% registered libertarians, or, and this is another one, or at least half of the people getting your monthly email newsletter. So, again, you just do it, and it's a simple one. Again, it's template, man. You won't, most of the stuff's always going to be the same. Yeah. You're going to find a couple articles out there that, that you put in would, there.
1: That should be an attainable goal.
2: Well, and the other thing is this, is that you want to do, not monthly meetings per se, but you want to do issue-based meetings but what you want to do is to begin with is explain the current process and then explain what the libertarian solution would look like so let me give you the immigration one because actually the, the first one that i want to do is going to be immigration because okay. i think that's the biggest other than national defense or foreign policy that's the biggest hurdle that libertarians have Again, it's one of the, and and, again, we, I know we talked a little bit about this, but that's one of the reasons the Mises guys didn't like the current leadership of the LP was because of the immigration stance, at least in my opinion. But I think that immigration is the biggest one because I think people do not understand what the advantage of the libertarian position is on immigration. And I do think that the libertarian position now is the, you know, largely a open, free flowing border is what we have to have. And and so what I'm going to do is, the first thing I'm going to do is explain the current process because if anybody understands the current process to get to this country, you're going to understand why it needs to change.
1: Yeah. No so, the way, the way you have to do it now is so inane, and you go through so many redundancies mm-hmm. in order to try to become a citizen of the United States that it makes no sense, and it. So many people will back out before the 14 years or whatever it is that you have to be in this process.
2: Yeah. Everything in immigration right now is incentivized to come here illegally. Everything everything is is incentivized for this. None of it is incentivized to come here legally because it's so onerous. Now, let's just say for the sake of argument (laughs) that you're a racist. And that you don't like people coming into this country because of racism, let's just say. You don't like those those brown people coming over from the border and stuff like that. Germs. They, they took their germs. First off, most people that are here illegally overstayed a visa. They came over on a plane. They came over somewhere else. And a lot of them are white. The guy that, that hammered Pelosi's husband's head. White, Canadian, uh, here illegally. Yep. That's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. So... In that, in that aspect, if you open up immigration, you're going to get just as many white people into this country as you are going to get Mexicans or Guatemalans or Hondurans or Chinese or you name the country, you're going to get people to come over here and it's still going to be the melting pot.
1: And a fun, a fun fact that you can go with, uh, a lot. Of, obviously they were always talking about the, uh, the, the, the border crisis down at the southern border. Usually whenever there is some sort of strife going on in the world let's say i don't know ukraine we'll just toss that one out cuz you know it's easy uh more people come here from those areas during those things than come here from uh the southern border
2: yeah i mean it, it again it's it, like i i've i've continued to look at the libertarian argument for immigration and i keep getting back to like there's so many reasons why it's why bringing more people into the country is ultimately going to be a good thing. It's not a bad thing to bring more people in the country. It's a good thing. Again, now, there's 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 some truths that you have to make sure that you acknowledge during this. One of them is, overall, if you look at time span of countries, that the more successful a country is, the less kids that those people have. And that whatever the group coming in because, look, we've had the Italians come over to this country at a certain point in mass. We've had the Irish come over to this country at a certain point in mass. We've had the Germans come over to this country at a certain point in mass. The Mexicans, the Guatemalans, the Colombians are no different in that aspect. They are going to have a lot of kids initially. And it goes along with language. So the first grouping that comes in, they have a lot of kids. They don't really speak their language very well. Their kids have less kids Kind of speaks both languages. Their kids have a lot less kids and can't speak any of the fucking language that they came over here with. So the melting pot worked. It takes a couple generations, but it works. The melting pot in and of itself works. The other thing is this demographics change. White people ain't having as many fucking kids. Now, you could say there's a reason or a rationale for it. I don't really know. Like I'm, I'm not getting into that argument other than to say the reality is you're not having as many people. And when you put something in place like the Ponzi scheme that's known as Social Security in place, you better have the people coming in in order to keep that thing going. Now, I'm against Social Security. I'm against it. I'm not in favor of it. But at the same time, you better bring more people into the country in order to make sure that you can cover the people you got now or you're going to see tons of death and destruction against the elderly, the most vulnerable people that we have in this country. And you think you're not going to get a totalitarian state because of that? I got news for you. You're going to get that. Not to mention, how many people have you gone around, how many businesses do you go around and see that need workers? So, look, if you want to make the process to be a citizen where you can vote hard and you want to quote of that number, again, I'll compromise there. Okay, we can do that. But when it comes to just coming into the country, the migration itself, is that you need to make that process as open and as transparent and as easy as possible in order to solve the other problems. Look, let's say let's say you think China's the biggest threat we have, right? Let's just say for the sake of argument, sure. China's the biggest threat. Do you want to know one of the reasons that China's such a big threat? is because they have so many fucking people. So why are we stopping people from coming into this country? Because we can support... Look, it's not even like the welfare state is supporting them so much, other than the hospitals, and public education. Those are the two areas. So, if you're going to have government involved in those two areas, then unfortunately, everybody that comes in gets to use them. Don't really agree with it, but if you want to acclimatize these people to America, having their kids go to public school, probably not the worst thing in the world to do. Even though, again, not supportive of those things, but if you're going to have that going on, then go ahead and do it, you know? I mean, but, that's almost all irrelevant to the fact that the bottom line is this, is that everybody can fight over the party if they want to. You can have the Mises Caucus guys, the the, the, the pro guys against the anti guys, against every other caucus that's out there. You can have all that shit if you want to. If you're not going to uh, support, endorse, and activate people within their own individual precincts to increase the number of registered libertarians, then everybody's just jerking off.
1: And before anybody uh, is said submitted- no. in the comments it doesn't appear this way but before anybody sits there and says oh Alex just hates Mises caucus he's just one of the people who hates Mises caucus I can attest to this 100% happened at the Florida uh, convention in Lakeland Alex showed up to that Florida convention where Mises ran the table and got top to bottom straight Mises people and uh, he said I have a lot of faith that they're going to do great I think they're going to do great Everybody seemed to really coalesce behind them, and they seemed to just be able to, uh, they seemed to, there was no bickering, there was no fighting, it just, people got past. everybody went through, and I think they're going to do a lot of great things. He went into it completely open-minded on what Mises could do. Yep, 100%. I can attest to this. He said it on an episode of Alex and Adrian, Unattended Baggage. You'd have to go and find it, because I don't know which one it was, but... He 100% said it. I heard it. And I saw him at that convention where he said it to me. So I know that he did. The reason he is upset now is because he has been a liberty activist, liberty operative.
2: Uh, I'm an operative now. I'm a political operative. I'm not running for office again. I have ruined that to do.
1: Yes. But he ran against Marco Rubio and Charlie Crist in 2010. Mm -hmm. And he has been with the Libertarian Party since 2009, I believe.
2: Yeah, 2009, other right. than my little bit of time in, right. the, in, in the GOP running right. the RLC.
1: Right. Um, so he is coming at this as, look, he has been part of the Libertarian Party. He has seen it grow. He has been one of the most successful people in getting it to grow here in Florida.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He was on the campaign that got the most votes in Florida, 250,000. I almost said million.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, if you got 250 million, <laughs> that would be voter fraud.
2: Um, yeah, it would, be. it would be. That would be total voter fraud.
1: So he's not like, oh, I hate Mises. No, he went into it with an open mind and he was ready. He's just expressing grievances and how he's seeing it being run now. This can all change. This yeah. can 100% all change or more people can just leave the party. More people will come in. More people will leave. But nobody will continue to trust the people being put up by the party if they're going to drop out and endorse the Republican or the Democrat. But, you know. Either way. Either way. Either way one of the things that spike is doing is you are the power we all know this he talks about it on here often um and one of the things he is doing is trying to bolster libertarian candidates who won't do things like that and i respect that what alex is doing with the neighborhood project couples quite nicely with you are the power because he will be able to go around get people to sign up for uh sign up and register as libertarian And they can then meet the candidates that you are the power of supporting. I don't know if this is something that's actually going to happen, but it's something I came up with right now. But um, it could couple really nicely with it. And these would be two organizations that would be working together to build the Libertarian Party and push liberty on the people locally. Because I've said it a thousand times on this show, and I will continue to say it, we're not going to win the presidency Libertarians aren't going to win the presidency, they're not going to win Senate, they're not going to win House for a very long time until you are winning locally and proving that it works locally, and you're not going to get that to happen until you get people to register because he is 100% right. People see an R, people see a D, people see an L. They're going to vote for that if that's what they have on their voter card.
2: He's not wrong. Look, here's the thing. Real quick, somebody asked where they can get the book. Okay, so I just sent you the link. Okay. I put I I texted hold on I texted you the link. However, would there be a better way for me to send it to you? No, that's perfect. Okay, yeah, I texted you the link. There's a it's an ebook available right now. It actually has um uh, it has um uh, what do you call it uh uh uh, uh, uh pay no no uh like uh, sheets and things like that that go along with it. There's like some sheets in there that you can do, but there's the there's the link to it right there. So if you want to read the book, I mean it's a it, again it's it's a very all right so i've always said this like i really truly believe that what i bring to the party most of the time is broccoli like it's good for you you should eat it but it's boring as fuck like it's just boring like i may have a fun personality and all that other kind of stuff but at the end of the day what i bring to you is boring and like everybody wants to be a cowboy till it comes time to do cowboy shit and so, like, this right here is, like, the cowboy shit that needs to be done that nobody wants to do because it's too hard. Right, like that's, it, that's the feeding and the watering of the yeah. horses. Look, is Dave Smith going to go there and tell you to fucking make sure you walk your precinct? No, he's going to go, that shit's fucking below me. I don't give a fuck about that shit, right? Like, he's going to tell you that. You know why? Because politically, I can't use that word. So, politically, not bright in that aspect. Again, you got to grow. You have to grow the party. You have to grow it. And then the thing is this, when you grow it, the the people will come Pol- from that. Politically Fetterman. Police politically. <laughs> you're going to get banned off of YouTube for saying politically. If you use that as a verb, there's no way they're going to let you get away with that one, by the way. Like, that's going to get, might get you kicked off if you're going to use that. I've seen how they treated that freaking guy. Like, how do you elect that dude, by the way? How bad is Oz when Fetterman, who couldn't talk, like literally couldn't fucking talk, wins? Like he won the race, man! You got to be uh, kidding me! Yeah, that was oh
1: god! And somebody
2: posted. We are so he, he looks like Groot, and I
1: was like, Groot. He him. does look like Groot, doesn't <laughs> he, he? Though
2: he he's like a big Groot. dude. I wouldn't, still wouldn't fight him. No. Even, even where he's at right now, I wouldn't fight that guy.
1: That dude chased a black man out of his neighborhood with a shotgun uh, because <laughs> he's, he's racist. Because he's racist. He's <laughs> racist. He is a racist, racist Democrat. Uh, but yeah, he one hundred percent did that, and people were like, "Nope, got to vote for him because he's better than Oz." Because Oz. I, doesn't live in Philly, in Pennsylvania. I guess I don't. I, I honestly don't know why people did that. I don't know why people did that.
2: Uh, I, I think we're here's the thing. I think we're at a time frame politically to which it's never voting for someone. It's always voting against somebody else. Yeah, like it's it's always that. It's it's never. I like that guy. Like I I, I hearken back to the days when we were like working on like Ron Paul's campaign or Gary Johnson's campaign, where you had somebody that you really liked the Gary Johnson's first campaign, by the way, that somebody that you really liked that you really wanted to help out and support how many people that got involved in Ron Paul's campaign in 2012 or in 20 uh, 2008 and 2012. Like it was, a man, it was such an amazing time. There's so many of those people that are Trump people now that I never could figure out why yeah, that they are, know. by the way, like, According yeah.
1: according to the comments, Trump did announce that he is running for president. Oh, did
2: he? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
1: Hooray! Oh my
2: God, it's amazing! And
1: honestly, I can't be more excited because it's been a while since I've been able to do the Trump impression on a regular basis, and I do it so well. So I'm so excited that I get to bring that back to this show.
2: Can we get a little? Can we get a little taste right now? I mean, we get if I've seen
1: the speech, uh, yeah, I can. Oh, because you don't know, don't know what he said. I don't know what he said. I mean, hold on, okay, hold so, let me see.
2: The word "huge" was in there. Yeah. Great. Well, it, wasn't amazing. Huge, it was amazing. Make America great again was definitely part of it. Yeah. Um, he probably said to sanctimonious. He probably... Well, maybe he didn't say that. Maybe he didn't say that. But we'll have to watch it later on. Yeah, here. I'm
4: going to have to watch it later. But yeah, you you know... Biden... Biden came in. He, he had everything handed to him on a silver platter and he just... He just dropped the platter because, you know, he's a clumsy guy. We all know this. He's a clumsy guy. He can't even walk up a set of stairs without... He's just a clumsy guy. And... He had an economy that was ready to come booming back. And what do we have now? Seven, 8% inflation year over year. He's he's just messing everything up. He's just, he's just terrible. And he made many huge mistakes, many huge mistakes. A lot of people are saying that, not just me, lots of people. And the GOP, the leadership, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, they really fumbled the ball on this one. That's a sports term for anybody who doesn't know, the sports term. Uh, it means when you drop an easily held ball um, and you're going to need somebody in leadership in the Republican Party. And that is why I am going to be running for the president of the United States to make America great again, again in 2024 and forget about the governor here. He's going to stay governor. He's not going to run. De Sanctimonius will become DeSantis again. He's not going to run. We're... we're the 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 media myth about us hating each other is just not true. Uh, we that's not a thing. We're friends. I helped him get elected. He beat Adam Putnam because of me. Uh, it went something like that. I'm saying. yeah. Like, no, no, no. I, I don't, I like it. I, don't I like
2: know. it. I like where you're going with it. Yeah. I like how you're working it. Uh, Jesus Christ, that was funny though. <laughs> Oh my god, that was too that was much all
1: fun! Off the top of the head, man. I usually I have to write those things down. No,
2: you did good. You did good. I give so you a lot
1: of credit. Uh, in January, you're going to be starting the neighborhood project.
2: Yes, and I'm going to videotape it and kind of give step by step on it. That way, at least people can see it. I, I still have to go get my. I still have to go get the list of registered voters in my precinct because I don't have that yet. So I still got some stuff I got to do. I will say that I'm still trying to decide two things. One, I am going to go check LPF.org's website to see if they still have, like, uh, literature. If they still have literature, I might use their literature. But I also might just create my own and just start a pack and then just sell the stuff through the pack. Because, uh, like, you still need some stuff. But I haven't figured out exactly how I want to work some of these things. So there's still some kinks in there. But I know the order, though. The order is going to be Libertarians first, which won't take but a day. And then it's going to be everybody else other than democrats and republicans and then democrats and then republicans i'm going to leave republicans for last the reason why and i and i do want to i want to pass this along to people is that whatever party is the majority party is the last one that you should do you shouldn't do you shouldn't do them first you should do them last yes and the reason why is is because they're going to be the least willing to switch that go to libertarians first cuz that's the party you're doing it for MPAs because they don't own a, they're not in a party right now so invite them over and I'm literally going to do here's the thing instead of a brochure I'm actually going to give people invitations like a like a like a like a like
1: a RSVP kind yeah of like an it. RSVP thing I like it
2: like I'm gonna literally give them an invitation to join the Libertarian Party because I think that it's it's I'm inviting you you know I'm inviting you to join and here's why and I'm actually gonna be really transparent with people as to why. Like the thing about it is, and again, this will only, you have to develop the message that's going to work best for you as a person. So for me, the best one's going to be is to explain what I'm doing and to say, look, I am going around and inviting everyone in here to join the party. There's this many people in the precinct. There's this many people that I would need in order to get 20%. My goal is to get the 20% to prove concept, join the party and help me change the world. Basically something along, line, along those lines. I like it. And then going from there, just in, inviting them in. And then again, holding classes. It, one of the things that you hear a lot of times, I think was a Jeff, uh, uh, I think it was Adams or something quote of like, you know, uh, the only thing that can save a Republic is a well-informed public. A republic is a well-informed public. Well, we don't have that right now. And these, the Democrats or Republicans, use that to their advantage in a serious way. So if you can just do things to educate people on the process, again, take ideology out of it. Take all the ideology out of it. Just explain how fucked up shit is right now and how it actually works, and then come up with a solution to that. I got to tell you, I think it, again... I'll tell you how this all started, by the way, how this book actually came about. I was working or helping out a candidate that was running for school board, Don Stevenson, in Pasco County. I was out front holding a yard sign for the candidate in front of a polling place. I can't tell you how many people came up to me and was like, hey man, who else should I vote for in this one? And would basically show me their their sample ballot and be like, who should I vote in this one? Who should I vote for in this one? Who should I vote for in this one? They viewed me as an authority figure on this. Just because you were holding a yard sign? For no other reason. The, the, for no other reason. I, I, I'm literally a dude standing out there holding it. Look, I could be... Again, I can't use that word, but I could be dumb as shit. You know what I mean? I could just be there dumb, like, hey, please vote for my boy. To be quirky yeah, from Life Goes On. Yeah, I, I could be. But you know what? Literally... That's a reference that <laughs> like eight people understood... <laughs> I love the references that very few people get. By the way, <laughs> you know what? It's like a reward for being that much. You know, so for being that for being able to go that deep. Yeah, it's a reward, and I like the reward.
0: I, I
1: have to know how to say things online that I can't say online. So yes.
2: So, just simply holding that sign gave me validity. Well, I, well, I looked at it as well. How else could you get validity? And the other way in which you could get validity was to simply go to people and give them benign political information and that will also increase your validity because most people are not paying attention to politics. The other thing I want to make sure that I put out there is this. I want 20% of the people in my precinct to be registered libertarians. I want one or two of them to be active in the party. So out of a thousand people, I want two. And two might be too many. I don't want them active in the party at all. You know why I don't want them active in the party at all? Because all political parties suck. And including the Libertarian Party, going to political organizational meetings is like fucking dental work, man. I've been in them. They annoy the fuck out of me. And I even talk at some of them. And I get annoyed at myself. So like I used to get just, so
1: annoyed at you with those things. I'd be like, shut the fuck up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's why I always try to keep it short and sweet and I talk like, like oh, a fucking oh. fifth grader like again that's how Trump got elected so I I do understand that part of how Trump got elected because he talked like a fifth grader because yeah. I had a very like when I ran for office my 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 speech pattern was very low like was very low and that's why I did well you know what I mean Adrian ended up doing a lot better but he and he had much more of a professorial kind of thing but he did was he, a little bit like Newt Gingrich where he'd say he, fucking fucked up shit just to see if he could get away with it
1: yeah that was <laughs> he would say the most outlandish stuff audience would get pissed off at him and then he'd prove why he was right, but he'd still talk to him like he was like they were fifth graders. And they loved him.
2: And they, they fucking loved him. Loved him. I, loved I him. never figured that one out with yeah. Adrian. I mean, I love... Look, I love Adrian to death, but I am getting sick and tired of him fucking interrupting me all the goddamn time <laughs> in the show. Like, it really is pissing me off. Like, I'm trying to make a point and he fucking does it at the worst time. Like, I'm literally trying to make the point and he fucking throws it off the rails. Will, and he does it on
1: purpose. I will 100% be listening to your show because I listen to it on Mondays on my way into work and then for like the first hour of work because I'm a subscriber, so I get bonus up. Yeah. So I'll I'll be listening on my way in, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, "Oh, Alex is making a good point." He's like, oh, I'm so bored and like all of our audience is bored. I'm like, "Fuck you, Adrian. I'm not bored."
2: <laughs> 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 yes. Yes. It's it's Again, look, I understand why he feels this way. I'm I'm not saying that I don't understand why he feels this way, but I do disagree. I and again, I got to give it one more shot. I got to try this at the precinct level. And, and in all honesty, I will say that the Mises guys actually were the, like, I was thinking about doing it, and then these guys actually were the impetus for it. Because it was, it, in some ways, I'm pissed off. Like, I'm kind of mad that they still don't get it. Like, again, you're, you're arguing over, like, you're still arguing over something that is worthless right now. And the reason it's worthless right now is because nobody actually wants to do, again, the cowboy shit needed in order to actually grow it. And you know what? The only way that's going to happen, though, is not going to be through any of the, like, there's, again, don't get me wrong, the Libertarian Party of Florida, I'm not their favorite motherfucker either on the EC. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not. And I'm definitely not going to be their favorite motherfucker on the EC after they see this fucking episode. You know, <laughs> that's definitely not going to be a thing that's going to happen. And you know what? Here's the thing. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give, I give no fucks anymore about all this stuff. And the reason that I don't care is because you, in the grander scheme of things, I have more influence than you do and you and that sounds arrogant and it is it's not unarrogant but if i go up to tallahassee those people know who i am they don't know who you are and that's the thing you got to understand like i messaged people after the election i actually messaged two people one person i said which was blaze the second person I'm not going to mention because there's a, a bigger fear I have when it comes to the next governor of Florida that I want to make sure that at least there's somebody that I like that's going to be running for governor of Florida that has a chance of winning, and um, so I message that person be like, please run, <laughs> please run, I will help you if you do. Um, and again, I'm not the one thing. I the other thing I'm gonna I'm gonna say is this: a lot of times people do what I'm doing right now in order to run down the road, for a spot on either the EC of Florida or on the EC of National. Uncategorically, right now, no matter what, not a thing that's going to happen. Not a thing at all that's going to happen. I will tell you, though, as a fucking capitalist, once I am able to prove fucking concept on this, I will take money to go around the country and show you other motherfuckers how to do it. And, but I'm not gonna do it i'm I, I take i'm taking no position I don't want a position the only thing I have right now is I chair a legislative here in Florida which again I'm fine with doing that only because like you know you know how to I know team. how to do that stuff so I can put it together in a good way and 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 again, I do a lot of that stuff with just what well, what I do is i i show the piece of the platform that goes along with the bill and whether we support it or oppose it it's actually pretty it's pretty simple if you base it off of the platform. Yeah. You know, it's when you get, it's when everybody wants to get fucking cute with things and like, oh, we're going to be a political player. Oh, Blake Masters gave me his fucking cell phone number. Let's make sure we fucking drop out and endorse his dumb ass. You know, like, you know, I just, when they did that, man, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Part of me was mad. Part, don't remember, part of me was, I, I laid into Dave Smith and then I just blocked him on fucking Twitter and everything else because <laughs> I don't even want to talk to you. I don't even want to talk to you, man. I, you know what it is? I don't want to waste any more of my time dealing with you because you know what you've already proven one you have no fucking idea what you're doing you know two you're, you're a celebrity guy which is cool you can be a celebritarian if you want to be I hate celebritarians Thanks. just I am anti fucking celebritarian just know it I hate them look I, I do shit that fucks my own fucking show up we don't promote it well Matt does a far better job of promoting his show than I ever do of promoting my fucking show as a matter of fact when we get a chance or we're probably getting successful we'll do things to fuck up our own shit We just do it. I don't know why. Me and Adrian are the same way in that aspect. We will do the show, and if fucking 10 people are listening, then fucking so be it. I think we do it more for our own uh, personal, um, what do they call that? Uh, I don't know. Gratification. A little of it's gratification, but some of it's actually like... um, to get things out, like to...
1: Oh, yeah, like your ther- therapy session. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. therapy session. No, like, so I, that's why I do this <laughs> show, is it becomes like my therapy session. Mm-hmm. And the week of my wedding, I called Spike and I was like, hey, we have to do a show Tuesday. And he's like, man, I'm really busy. I was like, no, we have to do a show Tuesday. I'm under so much stress from like the wedding and everything going mm-hmm. on. I need to do a show. And he went, okay. I was like, thank you. <laughs> like, you don't have to read the notes. You never do. So, just show up, and I'll do it, and you just pitch in.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I like your notes on your side that you do, by the way. That's a good time. I like that. I mean, you have to do this part here, though, so I think that makes it a little bit more difficult to see the show notes. So,
1: uh, normally, when I do it, it's set up a little bit differently than this. Um, It's set up, I usually have some, like, off to the sides and things like that, or this isn't as big, but I made it bigger so
2: you'd be able to see things better. Oh, thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. All right, so... Do you want to go through some of the questions that people had? Uh, yeah, sure. we can do, do you that. want to do that? I mean, because I didn't want to be rude because I saw yeah. people like commenting all the time, which I mean, that never happens because I don't do a live. Yeah,
1: You don't do a live show.
2: Um, I'm sorry. Oh, hold on. Go back up. Go back up. So you had the Matt. Would you consider interviewing local candidates that are running for elections in 2023? I know three in Duval would jump at the idea. I mean, you should. I
1: should. Yeah, I I should. I don't know. Uh, So, that was something that the writer's block was doing. I never wanted Muddy Waters Media or Muddy Waters of Freedom to do that. I wanted that Muddy Waters of Freedom just to do content. And since the writer's block is on hiatus right now while I'm trying to figure out what to do about this show, that might be something that I will do in the future. Uh, But I have to make sure that Muddy Waters of Freedom is squared off first and figure out the best way that we are going to go forward with this now that Spike is not going to be on it as much. Um,
0: okay. So
1: I'm working on figuring that out and once I do uh, we can revisit the writer's block. Um, Fair well, enough. Yeah, that's
2: that's my answer on that one. Um, Who the fuck let Alex off of his chain? Um, many people and you should blame all of them you for blame it.
1: blame all of them. That was from Kenny Johnson. Uh, Democrats Beat the libertarians to crypto money laundering. Yeah, because or- we're not good at it. No, we we're not good at
2: money laundering. We aren't. Obviously.
1: Obviously, yeah. The Democrats are much better at it. They just used Ukraine for many years. And Starwalk never-
2: wouldn't <laughs> wouldn't tolerate such incompetence. Well, I would be... I, you know what? I think he might be surprised. He might.
1: <laughs> he definitely would. Um, he would tolerate it because he was the one being that incompetent. Um, I'm so confused about the... Alex doesn't like to sit back. I don't know. I tried to make it where you'd see us both. Oh, should I? should I...
2: Is that what it is right there? Yeah. You know why, dude? Because on my show, yeah, I have to be like, have to so be right up, up on the mic, that it's, it's so weird to do it. All right. I'll sit back, though. Sorry, guys. I mean, it's the end of you know, it's near the end of the show, right. but fucking A. uh Do you think the
1: relentless infighting had any effect on how things went this time in the Libertarian Party or in the Republican Party? Because that's different. I think you're asking about the Libertarian Party. No, I don't. No. I, People I'm would just, have to know it. Yes. I don't. I don't. I did not know.
2: Your average voter has no fucking clue.
1: Right. I didn't know if somebody was running in my district. Yeah. I didn't seek it out because I wanted to see if anybody would tell me. And mm-hmm. Nobody did. So uh and no, nobody was. Uh Dennis Missagoy was the only one that I heard from about his candidacy.
2: Yes. I like Dennis. I actually was gonna go see him one night. He was at YL in Tampa, but I ended up not being able to do it that night. I was gonna take off work and you know, just go and do that, but I didn't. I made sure I took off work tonight to do this one though.
1: Yeah. And I appreciate it. Oh no, I had fun. Um <laughs> Polk well, County was red as always. Shocking, right? No. No, you have Grady Judd. Nothing about that is shocking.
2: God, yeah, I just I don't like Grady Judd, I so don't like him.
1: I don't like him either. He's he he is worse than Bob Gutierrez or Gual, Gual-
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Um But he's funnier. I'll give him funnier.
2: He is definitely funnier though. Funnier. No, no, no. He, he is, is, is
1: definitely funnier. Um the Hanging Chads, yeah, we didn't talk about the Hanging Chads because Supreme Court got involved. But yes yeah, two thousand you had the hanging Chads down here in Florida. Uh, and then the Supreme Court got involved. Uh, Al Gore wanted only certain counties, and George Bush was like, "Well, let's recount the whole state." And then the Supreme Court said, "Look, we no, this is over. This is stupid." Uh, and that's why they said this George Bush was selected, not elected. Uh, but you know, I got
2: a I got a guy I know, and I'm not going to give his name on the air, but I get a guy I know that worked down for the Republican Party in um, down in that area during 2000 and. From what he says, they totally fucking cheat. Like Gore actually won that election. Like really? they fucking cheated and they did not like there's no way Bush won that election. Like they fucking cheated. I'm not gonna give I'm not I'm not gonna tell who that is, but I am gonna say I do know somebody where I've talked to them and they've unsolicited they told me this.
1: Uh ranked choice voting is interesting. Um thoughts on ranked choice voting and the fact that it's illegal in Florida. I don't think it should be illegal in Florida. It's interesting seeing how Alaska is doing it, it has been really interesting to see how that's been coming along because right now you have two republicans at the head of the senate race um two well you have two republicans that have the most combined total of votes even though a democrat has the most votes and then they're going to go through the ranked choice uh to figure out if somebody is going to who is going to win that election um or no that's sorry that's in the house i apologize that's in the house uh where the democrats ahead because in the senate you have murkowski and the woman with the Star Wars name that I can't think of um, who are battling it out for the Senate and they're going to go rank choice on that because the Democrat in the Senate got 9.3% or something disgusting.
2: As far as rank choice voting goes, look, I am upset that it's illegal here in Florida. And as a concept, I do think that rank choice voting does have value. With that being said, it ain't the fix, it ain't the end all and it doesn't take away from anything I've said earlier in this conversation. As a matter of fact, I think that If you focus way more of your time thinking that the solution is ranked choice voting, then you're ignoring the actual problem that we're running into. And that is the number of registered vote libertarians that you have. Right. Matt is a very handsome man. That is true. It is true. That is true. A very handsome man. It's why he has such a, a very attractive and very good wife. She's a beautiful human being. She's a beautiful human being inside and out, the light of my life. Cohen Sharp, you see, you, you don't read the ones that are just like comments, though. Like, the comment stuff could be funny, too, though. Yeah. Cohen Sharp, 2024. Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot recently. I
1: don't know. Who would
2: you like to see? In, who? Let me ask you a question, Matt. Who okay. would you like to see run as a libertarian in 24?
1: Uh Well, I don't want anybody to run for any party. So oh,
2: nobody. If but, you <laughs> did want somebody to run.
1: If I did want somebody to run? Oh, God, that's tough. Um, I know who I'm supposed to say. But I won't say that because that would just hurt the show more than selfishly. I'm like, no, he won't win, so I don't care.
0: You saw what, Vermin
1: Supreme? No, Spike. Oh, Spike. Um, <laughs> he'll just end up hurting the show if he runs for president. And no. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, so, but no, in all honesty, Spike would be the, out of everybody I've seen, Spike would be the best candidate to run for president. I don't know if he's going to. I, you think he'd be better than Amash, then? I think, yes, because I think that. I like Amash. I've always liked Amash. I like how he stood up to the Republicans. And uh, when you piss off Carl Rove enough to say that you're the most dangerous person in the House when you're... Yeah, that does kind of make you feel good. Yeah, that's that's pretty golden. Um, but I,
0: li- I like Amash a lot. I don't think that... I don't think that he would be able to... I honestly
1: don't think he'd be able to take Spike in under. I think Spike would.
2: Do you think Spike would beat Amash in a debate? Huh. I do. Okay. I mean, look, Spike's awesome in a yeah. debate. By the way, look, I and, like Spike. I I, I don't want to. And I've met I've met Justin. He's a great guy, super nice dude. He came up,
1: introduced himself to me, and knew who I was, which endeared me to him immediately. Um, oh yeah. You no, know,
2: mm-hmm. I I suffer from that same affliction that yeah. you do.
1: So, uh, but I like Justin. If Justin runs, I would I would support him. Um, there really, it's not who I don't who I want to see in there. If Joe Jorgensen is running as president in 2024 and the Libertarians select her, I will actively work against her.
2: She was a horrible candidate. Yes. She ran a horrible campaign. She was not a good purveyor of the message. No. She had horrible organization. I think the one thing that pisses me off more than anything else about these guys running for president is that they don't know what they're doing when they get the job. Like, as uh, let me go to uh, Gary's uh, 2016 run as an example of this. Like, the LP was behind in the mailings. I caught them up. But the Johnson campaign was way behind on the mailings, and they never caught up. It was horrible how badly that they ran their logistics. Not only that, but the people that were in charge actively were switching out state chairs and doing all kinds of stuff. That was, like, their structure for their campaign. The reason that they won that was because they were supposed to be the adults in the room, and then they get get elected, and they act like a bunch of... Hold on, what was the name you used there before? Fettermans. Yeah, they were a bunch of Fettermans. They acted like a bunch of damn Fettermans in the 2016 campaign. Like, it was really... It was... Oh, it was pathetic. It so pissed me off. Like, it was like... And, you know, and here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. Look, I I did not endear myself to them, even though at the end I endorsed them. And I was still pretty active in the LP at that time. But the campaign manager that was in charge of Gary's campaign hated my guts. <laughs> he despised me. And so they weren't going to let me get anywhere near that fucking campaign. I, I reached out for Jorgensen's campaign. I reached out to the, the Joe. Uh, I reached out to, I'm not going to throw this guy under the bus because I actually like the guy. But I reached out to him and they didn't uh, want anything to do with me. I saw him last week. He's a great guy. I like him. No, no, I like him a lot. But they didn't want that campaign wanted nothing to do with me. And you know what? I don't know why that is. Because like, again, if you are going into the state of Florida, where you have a person that was responsible for 250,000 votes for a registered libertarian, I would think you might want to get a little bit of that guy on your side. Just me. Just me. But I would think you'd want to do that, especially the only one that's left. Because you can't get Wiley, he's a fucking anarchist. You can't get Danielle; he's she doesn't want really like nothing. To do with he
1: wants nothing to do with. Politics. Oh yeah,
2: nothing. He hates it. He actively fucking gets mad at me when I talk about it on the show. Unless it's a park. Yes. Yes, <laughs> unless it's a park, he does like parks, surprisingly <laughs> enough. But a- again, look—you can either listen to the guy that's shown you success, or you can continue to go down, you know, the roads of people that are awesome because they get on Rogan's show, like you <laughs> know.
1: Wow, that is a deep cut scientific libertarian. Uh, obviously, Matt wants Mark Whitney. I met Who the fuck's Mark Whitney? So Mark Whitney ran for president in 2020 uh, for the libertarians. And when he first came on, he was funny and he, he had some decent ideas. And he's got this whole uh, one man show stand up bit that's not bad. I watched it. And I was kind of on the Whitney train for a small period of time. And then... A switch flipped in his brain, and he started going after Jacob Hornberger so hard and embarrassing himself across the across the entire campaign. No, oh. and he kept calling him uh, Jacob. I think it was Jacob Shipberger.
2: <laughs> so it wasn't like he was fucking up the name; he was literally coming up with a new name. Yeah, he was. Just,
1: he just wanted to say that he was shitty, and he was just doing this constantly. And he became so focused on Jacob Hornberger. That instead of spreading a message, he was just attacking Hornberger, and Hornberger did the exact same thing to Justin Amash, and like Justin, like Hornberger was getting his message out, and he actually had a pretty decent chance. Good thing he didn't. God, he screwed up recently, but uh, he had a good chance of getting the Libertarian nomination. But then Justin Amash was thinking about coming in, and he just started hit like Hornberger laser focused in mm-hmm. on Amash like uh, Whitney did on him. Mother Jacober, that was it. Mother -er. Jacober. He was, instead of calling him a motherfucker, he called him Mother -er. Jacober. And the... Cleaner. Right. So he, uh, so then Hornberger did the exact same thing to Amash and it destroyed Hornberger and that's how he ended up with
2: Jorgensen. Mm. Yep. uh, um, Hornberger was interesting in the beginning and then became boring. Yeah. I didn't, after a while, I didn't like him. It was weird that that last election cycle for libertarian candidates was for pro, for president was was weird. I mean, I did actively endorse fucking Vermin Supreme, but yes, you did, I, and I, I stand by that one. By the way, I totally stand by that one. As a matter of fact, if if you'd have had Jorgensen or Vermin Supreme, I got to tell you, I think Vermin would have done a better job.
1: One hundred percent, Vermin would have done a better job. Vermin, you know, I liked Vermin. Vermin would have gotten the five percent because yeah. people would have voted Vermin just to vote Vermin.
2: Well, the thing about it also, Vermin, is this, is that in order to sound that crazy, you actually have to be intelligent. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but Vermin Supreme was actually really intelligent because in order to be that crazy, you got, like, in order to make the jokes that he was making, if you look at those jokes, I actually think that, um, um, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, in order to get that deep into these issues, especially like the, the free pony thing or the, the tooth decay or things like that, like mandatory tooth. You're, brushing. you're you're deep into some issues that you're making fun of. And and again, he was in on the joke and that kind of thing. And I've never seen Vermin break character either. Like, I mean, I gotta tell you, for a method actor, that motherfucker's good. Yeah. Like he's real good. Um I've seen
1: I've seen him be the real him, and it's bizarre. God, it's awful. It's so weird seeing him be the real him because he goes from – because he's always on. And then – because I stayed in a house with Vermin for a week. And, oh! Uh, and so, like, you're, Vermin's being Vermin, Vermin's being Vermin. And then he's doing it all day. And then we get back to the house, and he's still being Vermin because he's around people. And then you would see this little – it was a switch. And it just it would go off just for a minute, and you would see Vermin. And then, bam, come right back. And but you would catch it, and you'd be like, "That's the real him. Like he's not on right now. Like, he's tired, so he's not on." He's ready. That dude is also super jacked.
2: Oh, you mean like in shape wise? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Super jacked.
2: Well, because he's like a vegan, and yeah, like and he, he lives in the woods. He chops and, all of his
1: own wood. And, and, yeah, like he works. Yeah,
2: no, he works.
1: But yeah, uh, we are now over two hours.
2: Are we really? Yeah, we are. All right, hold on. Was there any more here? Uh, I think Dave Smith shot himself in the foot when he suggested that. Well, that, no, no, that's exactly what we're talking about. You're totally right. Again, he's made it, he's made himself impossible to not to nominate for president now because of that. And if that's the way he believes, then he shouldn't be a part of the, here's the thing. The Mises caucus should come out and condone what he, or or not support what he did. Unfortunately, I haven't seen shit from him. Mm -hmm. You know, I gave them an opportunity to, to come out correct on this one. They haven't done it. So you lost me. And again, I was a fan. I was a fan, and you lost me. You got a lot of work to do. You know what? I I, I heard this somewhere. It takes twice. I think it was a song lyric. It takes twice a long. It takes twice as long to build bridges that you've already burnt, and you guys got twice the work to do in order to get me back. You got to prove to me that that's that you're serious and that you actually understand what the fiduciary responsibility of a caucus within a part- partisan organization is. And I don't think you do. You think you're smarter than everybody else, in all reality, it's that hubris that makes you look dumb as shit. Just saying.
1: Uh, come at me, bro. Come at me. I'm glad I named this episode "Alex Unchained."
2: Um. <laughs> no, I, when I saw you name it that way, I'm like, "Fuck, well, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta bring it. I gotta come correct." So it was better to be back here than it was to be up there. I felt weird. You're right. Yeah. This is much better. Yeah, people can see you. Yeah, like this way. This hold on, hold on. Alex doing his show. Yeah. Alex doing Muddy Waters. Yeah. Alex doing his show. Alex (laughs) doing Muddy Waters. There's not a better example of how much we fuck up our own show than that right there. Right. Uh,
1: So, the Neighborhood Project is going to be launching in January. You can tune in to Alex and Adrian's unattended baggage uh, every Saturday. You have new episodes? Yeah, every Saturday.
2: We put it out. We don't do it live. We record it. First hour is always an hour. We always try to get right to that hour. Second one is a little it, it bit longer. It is
1: literally right to that hour every time because Adrian will cut the feed at one hour. That motherfucker will cut off.
2: I, even when I want to try to make another point, fuck no. Nope, he's like, nope, you're out of time. Asshole. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Save for the subscribers. <laughs> I love that guy. It's lucky I love him. I'd kill him.
1: So uh, tune into that. <laughs> tune into that. Check out his show. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of Muddy Waters of Freedom where I... Maybe somebody, I don't know if somebody else is going to be, I don't know if Spike's going to be here. I don't know if nobody's going to be here, but there will be a new episode next week of the Mighty Wires of Freedom. Next Tuesday, 8 o'clock, right here. That's weird. I don't know how to do the call out, sign off, because it's always been a two-person thing. But uh, remember, I don't even remember what Spike's line is. Okay, got it. Now I remember. Live, laugh, love. I <laughs> And remember, where You're we're the power. <laughs> You're the power. It's definitely not his one. That's his whole organization. How is he not doing that at the end? Because I told him he can't. <laughs> because you are the power doesn't pay me.
2: That's right. That's a good point. <laughs> by the way, mud water.
1: Where we're going, we don't need roads.
0: <laughs>